Hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for tuning in to episode 124 of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We got a chock-full episode loaded up for you right now. Geek news, interviews, and reviews. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Saturday, August 27th, 2016. Let's light it up! It's the Jock and Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. How's it going? Welcome to the show. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And this is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Uh, it's kind of uh, our version of a weekly geekly talk show, Anthony. It's the talk show I always wanted when yeah. I was a little kid. I hate. I resent that you say this is a weekly geekly thing because then it <laughs> automatically puts me out of this. I don't want to be a part of something like this. What? what as, are you- a, as a fucking jock? Look, I don't, don't want to geek out. It's a jockly, it's a hockly, oh. jockly. Jocks like to geek now out. Now I feel comfortable. Jocks like, sorry, <laughs> I, I know, it's 2016, I, we have to include everyone. Yeah, it's all You're all inclusion. welcome. I'm, I want to be welcome. <laughs> I want, the jocks need to feel like they need to have to have a home. The and, jocks have a home here. And I'm representing that community. The nerds have a home here, the freaks have a home here, the geeks have a home oh. here, the furries have a home here, yeah. the bronies have a home here. What about Donald Trump? The uh, the Trump, uh, he does not have a. Home. He does not have a home. Sorry, you have to find another home. Really, sir? But he because look, he doesn't need us. He can afford his own goddamn home. This is true. You know, Hillary has a podcast. Does she? Really? She's co-hosting kind of a podcast now. Why? I'm surprised uh, the Trump hasn't started he, a podcast. Trump should. Well, no, because he loves hearing himself talk. He does, but that he like he screws up. He. He would contradict himself every two minutes. And, oh, yeah. You don't want all... But yeah. it's already on audio. His handlers would be like, oh, my God. Where you could bring... Stop. <laughs> Stop. Somebody Stop kind of, talking. Please. So, all right. So it, the podcast lasts 30 seconds. The yeah. 30 seconds episode. Listener, though, don't worry. This is not a political podcast. If this is your first show... Imran likes to get political, though. Sometimes I like to slip it in there sometimes. If this is the first time checking out Jock and Earth, thank you very much. Uh, again, like I said, this is a, a weekly geek digest of stuff. We got... Some news we're going to geek out. We have an interview with an awesome dude, David C. Hayes, we connected with from podcastguest.com, who, how do you even describe what he does? He's a writer, actor. He's uh, a man of many talents, for uh, sure. That's an interesting uh, conversation. Uh, filmmaker, yeah. B-movie filmmaker dude. slash actor slash writer Loves slash genre. professional wrestler slash just cool guy. Wait till you yeah. hear from him. And we had a lot of fun talking to him. And then we're going to review... Uh, this uh, HBO series that's approaching its season finale called The Night Of. And look, it has nothing to do with comic books, but it does have to do with good goddamn television. Terrific. I'll tell you what. Then we got some iTunes reviews, a couple of podcast shout-outs of appearances of where the nerd may have been. Some volunteer, some kind of forced. I'll get to that. But first, <laughs> let's start with the news. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, the jock is slightly distracted. I apologize sorry, because sorry. this is the funniest thing. Uh, Anthony, what are your friends trying to get you to do right now at this moment? First of all, it's Saturday, August 27th. It's like 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Central time. What the fuck's going on on your phone? I'm They're sorry. blowing you up. I'm sorry. They're, my friends are blowing me up because they are trying to convince me to go to a bachelor party in Vegas for a bachelor I don't know. Okay, when? Right now. Oh, <laughs> Tell them to fuck off. You have a show to record. It's funny that you mentioned that. I have a flight 
that I'm eyeing after this is done that I, if I want to, I can book and I will not come in to work on God day. damn, I'm just happy I can vicariously live I, my I, life I already told, you sometimes. I already told my boss, I said, if I don't come on Monday, it's because I went to Las Vegas. And he said, <laughs> okay. Third trip for the season. Look, yeah. God bless you, sir. If I was 20 <laughs> years younger and actually had friends, I'd probably be doing... <laughs> So we, we need to hurry this up. All right, no, let's. Kidding. Okay, no, look, <laughs> I'll we'll, give this all the time. This takes priority. We'll run through the news. The There's, the the virgin community that we <laughs> appeal to. They're not all virgins. They, I I am loyal to you guys first because you guys have your hand in your dicks right, your hand on your dick right now, and you're ready to jack off, and I want to help you. Well, look, as what? Uh, look, what did I just? Say? As kind of a de facto spokesperson for that community, I will say. <laughs> We want you to go because we are living our lives through you. I want you to go come back with some stories. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm can... the only guy that actually talks to you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That make us blush. Let us know a little bit how the outside lives. The other half. The other half. The yeah. jock half. So that's great. So look, we got a bunch of geek news. Like I said, we got a chock full show. It's going to be really fun. Let's start with some movie news on the DC extended EU side. I guess they're moving forward with this Justice League Dark uh, movie, except it's called The Dark Universe, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's going to consist of uh, characters like Dead Man, John Constantine, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, Etrigan. Very excited. Well, they've got a director, mm. which is a win for DC and maybe not so much a win for Fox's X Men universe. Doug Lyman announced. Oh, is he Doug- supposed to do some other movie? Yeah, Doug Lyman, who's done Edge of Tomorrow, which is awesome, and Go, which I love. He's helming. Uh, dark universe, and that means that sorry, Channing Tatum, Fox's Gambit has lost its director for a second time. Oh shit! They were planning on going into production like now or something. This movie's never getting made. It shouldn't be made. I mean, Gambit's not that. Well, cool that's of a debatable. But, yeah. yeah, but aside from it, should it be made? It's damn near possible. Though they can't get anyone to stick to this goddamn the, movie. The only reason that movie is even being considered is because Channing Tatum wants to do it. It's the Tanning Chatham effect. Tanning Chatham. But you heard me. Yeah, right. I said what I said. <laughs> but look, uh, you know, Lyman has also worked on the Born Identity. I'm excited for this. I, I heard this movie originally was was going to be Guillermo del Toro. Right. He's still producing, I believe. Is he? Okay. Um, but it wasn't going to be a part of the DC universe, but now the DC extended universe um, that's been established with Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, et cetera, et cetera. But now I think it is. Last I read, it is going to be included it in It should universe. be. I mean, look at Enchantress. Yeah. That little bit of all that shit, that, as much as that was the worst fucking choice yeah the way they could save that yeah. is you use that to uh, launch this universe can we not get any of these characters that are magic based to be dancing like she was in well the movie? i hope you yeah just give her no lines maybe she's out of it I hope if you have not, to use she's just not in it i hope she hasn't contracted for like five fucking movies let's Cara, just let's, Del, just, let's just forget that she even happened who do you think should play constantine in this a real british guy <laughs> yeah right who's blonde who's blonde uh, the guy from the TV show? No, I don't know. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm the worst at picking out actors for this. Who would you pick? What about like in, uh, what if we, uh, positively race bend this one? Okay. <laughs> it seems to be the trend. Okay. What about like an Idris Alba? Well, maybe. I, I, the guy, he has to, he's kind of defined by being British, right? Not defined, but like that's part of his. Character. His whole it's, attitude it's fun... is his. Yeah, he's a. Although that, and he's then a that, fucking but, asshole British bloke. But they already screwed that up when they had uh, Keanu Reeves play. Well, that was just completely not right at all. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. I, I don't know. How, I don't know how I'd. I don't know. Dude, how Dude, Maddie Ryan killed it on the on the NBC TV show, yeah. and uh, I would I would give him a shot, even though it's a you know it's a bigger scale. Yeah. 
He was perfect. Like, that's who you want. You know what? Who they should race bend. Who? Uh, De- Dead man? No. Dead man could be a black guy. No. Swamp thing. <laughs> well, Alec Holland is a white guy. Because it's always funny when people point out in, like, movies. The green monster. Well, they're like, oh, but look. That minority is in it. He's race bending, but he was painted green, so it doesn't matter. He's not actually well, look, race Well, look, you know what I didn't realize? The original race benders, uh, Batman 66, Cesar Romero, a Latin guy playing yeah. the Joker, and Eartha Kitt, black woman playing Catwoman. They did that in the 60s already. I mean, that was... Uh, Geek boner. That, it's, uh, why are we so upset about all this? I like how minorities are always aliens. <laughs> or they're painted green or like, something. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, like Drax is Dave Bautista. Zoe Saldana. Half Filipino. Yeah. Zoe Saldana is painted blue. Drax is painted green. Lee Pace is a white guy, though. Isn't he? Ronan? Ronan, yes. That is a white guy. Well, look. Whatever. I'm okay. excited for to see... This, oh, this should be... Uh, fucking Zatanna and Swamp Thing and Etrigan. Etrigan the Demon. How are they, <sighs> so I, I'm, a, I'm curious to see how Swamp Thing and Etrigan the Demon look. They should get a rapper. Because he talks in rhyme. Remember? Oh, Etrigan the yeah. Demon, does he really? They should get a rapper. He's, isn't he like short? No, dude. He's a big... He, he's like a human. And he turns into this big yellow monster with horns and shit. He's got to be CGI'd, right? Although they did do Killer Croc non-CGI, and we saw how that I like the face prosthetic. The face looked good. The body was The body was best. a little lacking. Yeah. Should have worked out a little bit more. Okay, uh, moving on to another DC uh, uh, movie thing. Heroic Hollywood <clears throat> reporting. So, you know, I don't know if it's a rumor or speculation. The rogues are going to be the villains of the Flash movie. Ezra Miller uh, All Flash movie. Huh? All of them, yeah. They're just going to go full, like, let's throw them out there. Wasn't uh, Captain Boomerang in the Rogues? We have, ca- uh, yes, we have Wasn't Captain it? Cold, led by Captain Cold, Mirror Master, Heat Wave, Weather Wizard, the Trickster, Pied Piper, the Top, and Captain Boomerang. Ooh, and, and, J- and Jai we trust. Wow. Jai Courtney, Look, pray for Jai. I, you know, he was fun in Suicide Squad. I'll see some more. Give him some more to do. Explain what the stupid pink unicorn thing was. How about that? Hey, all these villains, I'm I'm cool with that. They're just doing it. They're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get after this and let's knock out all these villains at once. Uh, no flash, build up whatsoever. Tw- we got to wait till uh, 2018. Rick Famuyiwa directed. He's do- He did dope. And dope is pretty dope. And there's going to be a lot of people from dope in this movie. Uh, so, I mean, I think you got to just fucking bring it. Because it'll be boring to have another speedster villain. This is yeah, pretty. Seeing as a TV show is obsessed with speedster yes. villains, and the, any one of these villains, maybe not as exciting because no. you're like uh, you're the Flash. You could just fucking it's a heat wave, right. just snuff him out. What's right. the problem? All of them together, now you got a problem. A little bit of a threat. Yeah, a little bit of a threat. I like it. I personally would have preferred Gorilla Grodd. No, I don't know. Maybe you teased Grodd <laughs> or King Shark. I wish King Shark was in Suicide Squad. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I think they originally wanted King right Shark. instead of Killer Croc. Yeah. yeah, that would have looked a little bit more ridiculous. Like Croc looked real. Yeah, Croc looked like a dude who had just like bad really bad skin. eczema. Yeah. yeah, and you felt bad for him, and he just kind of like sort uh, of like John Turturro in yeah. uh, Night of. Did he have gills though? Did it was it established that like he could last underwater longer? I don't know because it was funny that they didn't show us. Anything. The funny thing about Suicide Squad is like Batman v Superman and in Man of Steel both like were still kind of like painted in this like realism like superheroes coming down into a real world. Right. But then Suicide Squad was like fuck it. Yeah, we're going the other we've, way. We've had all of this stuff. Yeah. We've had magic. We've had fucking Killer Croc. We've had everything. It's it's always been here. Yes, yeah. it's a metahuman. The guy's it's, just a metahuman. Metahumans are always been around, and he's just like, whoa, that's jarring. I didn't know that this was a thing in this show. They did pretty much start the whole movie with the word metahuman, too, I think. They're like, metahuman, metahuman. Yeah, that's a thing. You get it? We get it. There's metahumans. Yeah. Thanks. Well, 
Yeah. They, they threw out, they basically Suicide Squad was like, all right, we're going to throw you into the deep end now. A little too much. I don't know. Little, uh, okay, let's move on to some Marvel uh, uh, news. In the MCU, Thor Ragnarok's been filming and uh, coming a little bit, maybe some <laughs> spoilery. spoilery bits from, of course, set photos. Okay. But they've been, I guess part of it takes place in New York. Uh, as well as fucking space and on planet Battle Hulk, whatever the fuck they're doing, there's been some set photos that tease a really neat crossover. First of all, I love this shot. I'll put a link in the show notes. Listener, chocolatenerd.com slash 124. Thor's just riding the subway. Again. Uh, again. Is that from the other movie? I thought that was in the, the second one. I think that's from the second one. Yeah, yeah. But here is uh, the big spoiler. Hit, oh, you hit that spoiler button. Okay, good. I did. All right. So on the on the set in New York... Thor's holding a card with an address. Okay. The address uh, says set 177A Bleecker Street, which is Doctor Strange's home, the Sanctum Sanctorium. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Thor is apparently going to find Strange in New York as part of this movie. Oh, fuck. That is a huge spoiler. Right? Wow. So, uh, I'm so, sorry, guys. We sorry. I, look, I pressed the fucking oh, button. Shit. You're going to see Strange in November. Maybe the, the post credit scene ties into... Thor or something, but I like this use already. That's cool. Thinking ahead, setting him up. Now, the next spoilery bit may explain why he's going to see Doctor Strange. God, I'm really going to spoil some stuff, so you guys don't want to hear it. Just jump ahead to the next thing. Yeah, just hit that 15 seconds. Because also seen on the set, I love this, is uh, the return of someone that we didn't know what his, uh, his fate would be. Oh, I know. What you're and that is Anthony Hopkins as Odin. Oh, shit. Now, check this out. Look at this picture. It's an Instagram of him on set in New York, and he described what he looks like, Anthony, here. He looks homeless as fuck. <laughs> he looks like a crazy homeless crazy man homeless with a beard, no mustache. He looks like one of those homeless people that you walk by underneath like a like a underpass. Yeah. And they're just mumbling to and themselves. And he's spouting like yeah. that the world's coming to an end and you must repent. Yeah. yeah. And he has change out, but he's mumbling. To, like he has a cup out for change, but then he's mumbling to himself. And those guys are always really interesting. They make great sandwiches. They're all, they they deal. You eat sandwiches no, from them? No, uh, look, so where do we leave it was that uh, Loki had killed Odin and took took his place. We don't know that if he killed him, but we know that he disposed of Odin somehow and that he is currently impersonating Odin on the throne. So it says here, if you're those familiar with the events from Ragnarok in the comic books, there's a thing where the spirits of the Asgardians are still alive, where uh, but they're connected to human hosts. Mm-hmm. So they're not like dead if they've been ejected from Asgard or whatever. So it's possible Thor came to find Doctor Strange to find Odin. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. But man, this movie with the giant sets in Australia and then this and the fucking Hulk and and Planet Hulk. This movie is going to be incredible. Seems like a wild wild ride. Holy shit, it's chock full of stuff. Sorry if we uh, spoil things. Here's another weird uh, thing about Doctor Strange that also caught my attention. uh, They've called someone to write some additional scenes for Doctor Strange. You know, there's uh, reshoots and and re-scenes. This guy's writing pages. It's Dan Harmon, creator of Community, Rick and Morty. A little more comedy, maybe? Uh, from TV sitcom. Uh, so maybe Scott Derrickson's shit is like really dark or the original script is a little too horror. Uh, he, If you remember, the Russo brothers, though, also worked on Community. They came from television. So be interesting to uh, see what, he, uh, what they add. Yeah, Harmon's joining director Scott Derrickson as a co-writer as well as C. Robert Cargill. So they will get uh, story credits. But I thought, Dan Harmon, weird. 
I love community. That's very that weird. Is strange, pun intended. But it, you know, he's kind of like a Joss Whedon. Like he may be, be able to add those character moments that are just really quirky. That you know, that that really gets you to know the the character. Curious to see if he already wrote these or he's doing more because this movie comes out in November. Yeah, yeah. What is he? There? Well, so this is the reshoot time. That are scheduled, plan, whatever. But yeah. wow, yeah, it's coming out soon. So that'll be interesting. Finally, last bit of news from the MCU. Speaking of the Russo brothers, uh, we kind of knew this, I guess. Maybe they came out to confirm, talking to IGN just recently, that yes, Steve Rogers is no longer Captain America in the MCU. Oh, shit. Here's the quote that uh, everyone's uh, uh, posting is, I think him dropping that shield is him letting go of that identity said Joe Russo. It's him admitting that certainly the identity of Captain America was in conflict with the very personal choice that he was making. Now, at the end of Civil War, you know, he throws that shield down. Tony's like, it's not yours. Right. And he walks away, and then we see him in the post credit scene in Wakanda. So I just assumed, oh, fucking make another shield. I didn't think uh, it was going to be, that's kind of awesome. I didn't think it was that big of an identity drop. Yeah, I like it. I like that it's the symbolism of him letting go of Cap and it makes sense. He he's been representing this, holding the status as Captain America, and now like he's not even his ideals aren't even the same as uh, the heads of America. So. And the man, if he he won't fake it, like you really yeah. appreciate his integrity. He's like, look, if I'm done, I'm done. I threw right. the shield down. I uh, always like that moment in Cap in uh, Captain America: Civil War because it's basically Tony's like, it's you don't deserve it. It's not it's, my father made that, and Cap almost agrees with him. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't deserve this anymore. It's a you're fired, I quit moment, you know, for HR purposes. Right. Yeah, there you go. But we have, you know, uh, Sam Wilson's in there. Will they they throw him in already? Sam Wilson. You could do Sam Wilson. You could do Bucky. Oh, there's fucking Bucky. I forgot about him, too. Although Bucky, I don't know if anyone, I don't know if uh, he's on the best ground to be holding uh, uh, Captain America shield. You know, he's done this in the comic books a lot where he just goes, uh, separates himself from the government and back and forth. And become nomad. There's that nomad thing. Uh, I, I don't think they'll they'll make him call him the nomad U.S. agent, but they'll be like Steve's like a nomad or something. They'll, they'll throw like a oh, they're definitely yeah, they're definitely gonna be a reference. But maybe yeah. if he, you know if he's acting on his own on the side, that's very interesting. And will he come back for Infinity War by oh, then? For sure. We but know he's coming official back. man, Steve Rogers, no longer Captain America. They're just uh, fucking with everything. Uh, I found this interesting article. And uh, it's about the top 100 best movies of the century. They just put out um, this list, and they do this every so often. It's the BBC, and it's a poll of 177 film critics from 36 countries. There are four superhero movies on this list. We made it. But they're not... I I want to see if you could guess, if any guesses, they're not what you would typically think. But they're very interesting movies. Okay. And it surprised me, too. All right. Do you care to make a guess uh, for any of them? Dark Knight. Yeah, well, Dark Knight is one of them. Dark Knight. Um, Here's the thing. You're never going to get the other three. Oh, because they're not really superhero films? In the, in they're the comic sense. book films. Uh, oh, I don't know then. All right. Real quick. This might turn people on to some oh, different yeah. kinds of movies. The History of Violence uh, is uh, that's the fir- it's number 59 from Cronenberg's uh, 2005 movie, The Adaptation of History of Violence, which I read. I, I knew think, that. Yeah. I, 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 that knew, book. I knew that was a comic. Viggo Mortensen's in there. Yeah. Great movie. It's a, the graphic novels from 97 by John Wagner, Vince Locke, uh, Vertigo. We'll talk about Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah, we'll talk about Vertigo later. It's a Vertigo one. Chat. So that's one of the four. 
There's a movie called Blue is the Warmest Color. And you know what? Ruggs actually, on one of the Blab shows, he recommended this to me. He said this is a good movie. It's coming in at 45 on the list. It's 2013's winner of the Cannes Film Festival's prestigious Palm d'Or. It's called Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, It's based on a French graphic novel. Blue is Warm Color by Julie Moreau. It's a three-hour visually explicit lesbian love story that got only a limited release in the U.S. because it's NC-17. This sounds hot. You don't see much of the NC-17. No, I mean... You hide your kids for that. The last one, that big one that got news was that uh, uh, Harry and June... There was portrait of a serial killer, and this was like in the '90s. But you don't see the NC-17 lot, so it's like a a, a hard NC-17 that's art movie. Basically, a death wish in theaters if you get an NC-17. Well, that's why I don't think anybody see it. No. But it's up there, and the Dark Knight, okay, of course, for sure. Uh, that comes in at 33 on the list. Okay, what's the last last? The one? highest one, Old Boy. It's the top-rated comic book movie on the list. Uh, Old Boy, it's a, a from 2003 South Korean neo-noir film. It's based on a Japanese manga of the same name. Who is it? Who? Try pronouncing this name. Written by Nobaku Minigishi and Garen Tsuchiya. Oh, I think Ooh, I did that pretty good. I think good. you did that pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it also won multiple awards. Uh, you know what? I've never seen this. I haven't seen it. I've heard of Old Boy. But I, good. Didn't, I didn't know it was a uh, comic book film. Right? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, other, some other uh, movie news to wrap it up real quick. Uh, I saw that movie, Sausage Party, finally. Is it funny? Holy shit, dude. Uh, it's, there's some really clever concepts, and they just there's a sex scene where a bun is fucking a hot dog. And pretty much Seth Rogen goes, I just want to make a movie about a hot dog fucking buns. And that's kind of what it is. It's a love story. Uh, it's pretty great. It's like you these. It's the most rawest, filthiest uh, food products you've ever heard. I really enjoy it. So basically the idea is they're in the, you know, they're packaged food and they've been told that the great beyond out there is where they want to be. Life is great, right? right? I've seen the the trailers. It's the funny shit because like when food gets returned, the illusion goes away. So a honey mustard gets returned and honey mustard is now crazy. He's like, don't fucking touch me. He's like, that's bullshit. You don't want to go to the great beyond. They're monsters. They're fucking lying to you. And everyone's like, honey mustard, dude, relax. He's like, no, don't touch me. Get away from me. He's totally traumatized. And dude, it gets crazier from there. And it does some crazy fourth wall shit. And there's a cliffhanger at the end. Check it out. Now, I didn't pay to watch this movie. Wow. This is why I'm saying this. Yeah, whatever. Okay. I didn't pay because allegedly they didn't pay their fucking animators to make the movie. Oh, shit. Uh, big uh, kind of scandal overtime. that they the, the Sausage Party animators were not paid overtime. In fact, if they said they wouldn't do it for free, they were pretty much uh, replaced. Wow. So the reported budget is $20 million. Here's what happened, though. Somebody posted the comments... To uh, an article on Facebook, uncredited supervisor says, the production costs were kept low because Greg would demand people work overtime for free. Greg is Greg Tiernan, one of the directors. If you wouldn't work late for free, your work would be assigned to someone who would stay late or come in on the weekend. Some artists were even threatened with termination for not staying late to hit a deadline. The animation department signed a petition for better treatment and paid overtime. When the letter got to Annapurna, they stepped in and saw the artists were paid and fed when overtime was needed. Over 30 animators left during the course of the production, 
Due to the stress and expectations, most of them left before the paid overtime was implemented. This was met with animosity and was taken as a personal insult to the owners. Their names were omitted from the final credits despite working for over a year on the film. And he says here, you can see the full list on IMDb, which contains 83 people. The film's credits, however, contain 47. Hmm. So, wow. So, it's made by Nitrogen Studio, and I think it was their first feature, and I just think maybe they weren't really quite ready for uh, how to make a movie, but that sucks, dude. Like, we talk about artist rights all the time, and, like, now they're just getting screwed over even more for refusing to work hard. I like it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, I want to recommend the movie to people to watch, because it's funny, but how about maybe just don't pay for it? Okay. I feel like it's the one time where pirating is completely ethical. Probably. Like, you're not paying these fuckers overtime. We're not going to pay to watch a movie. We're not going to watch the movie. It's yeah. really funny. I want to see the art, but I'm not going to give you any money for it. Holy shit, it's real. Wait, yeah, that also happens. No, yeah, no, but there's a no, reason. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're doing. You're yeah. like, I want to see what yes. this artist came up with. Yes. But I'm not going to support the people that, the studio, the suits yeah, that we can't, that's are making and, money off of. And, and the, 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 the bad thing is uh, it went on to be like the highest R-rated animated opening for a, a, that kind of movie ever. I don't know what you just said, but I like the that The highest too. animated R-rated movie, which there's not a lot of. No. I don't <laughs> think they make a lot of amina- animated R-rated movies. Aminated. Aminated. It, I just... Fucking download it and watch it. It's pretty fucking it's funny. funny. It's I'll funny. It's it clever. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I will pay for. 100%. What's that? Is a buddy of ours documentary that has come out. Remember way back episode 54, com slash 54. We talked to Eric Sharkey. Yeah. A friend from Pratt who did the Drew Struzan Pratt, documentary. The only school that exists. The in only America. best art school in the East Coast. Talking nerd. Uh, he did this awesome uh, Drew, the man behind the poster about the incredible Drew Struzan. And listener, you've seen Drew's work. He's done every fucking poster, ET, right? Uh, all the Indiana Jones, all the Star Wars. Yeah, if you like movies, you've probably seen them. You know Drew Struzan, great documentary. You don't usually watch stuff like that. I made no, you watch it. You, you enjoyed it. it. Yes, I liked it. Well, I might make you watch their new one. Okay. Uh, Shark, and he talks about this on the episode. Sharky with his uh, friend Michael Fiore. Uh, have their documentary about Disney animator Floyd Norman, who was the first black Disney animator who worked there, actually got fired and then went back to work there and he's still working there and opened doors for other black animators. It's called Floyd Norman and Animated Life, currently sitting at 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. I mean, come on. The man's a 100% tomato meter. Seven reviews. <laughs> <laughs> hate to be that guy. Seven positive reviews. <laughs> but yeah, seven positive Look, for reviews. For whatever the number's worth, it's 100%. Audience, audience score, 89%. It actually, good. it won Best Documentary at San Diego. Oh, it's been w- winning at festivals. It ju- it has a limited release like this weekend in uh, the East Coast and West Coast. But good, you can... Good for Eric. Yes, and go... Good, and good for everyone that worked on Listen, this. go to floydnormanmovie.com. You can buy the movie directly. Watch it. I think we should watch it. I think we should review it. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. We'll do something. If you want to watch the trailer, let me know. But it's uh, it it looks awesome. Wait, you if you if people do you want to watch the trailer? I'll put you, it in the show notes. No, I don't want to watch the trailer. Okay, now. <laughs> I'm, I was asking you. Oh, I thought you were asking the listener. Like, hey, listener, yeah. do you want to watch a trailer? Let me know. Wait, no, they can just do it on their own. The trailer is great because it's more than like an I've artist. I've seen the trailer. Yeah, no, but this is a, this is a fuller trailer. We saw it real early. Oh, okay. It's a fuller trailer, but it really shows like it's more than just an. Uh, he was more just an animator. He was kind of a troublemaker, an activist. You know, he uh, he he's done politically charged cartoons as well as drawn fucking Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and it worked on Sleeping Beauty like uh, from the fifties. Like, oh, oh, I can't wait to watch this. So check that out. Okay. 
All right, moving on to television, everybody. Uh, where the Gotham uh, EP uh, said some interesting comments about the state of superheroes on TV. Weird. Right? It's, it's weird, weird because the you know the show Gotham is it's a Batman show without Batman. Right. But he says uh, superhero shows don't work well on television. He so the the showrunner for Gotham, a superhero show, has said, "Look, I don't think superhero shows work well on TV, probably because of the costume thing." He says TV is about real people and faces a not so much about magic and the supernatural thing. Uh, he said that that's why. He's used Jim Gordon, the human face, uh, on Gotham. But uh, the whole show is fucking supernatural. Like, I don't understand how he can say this, that he doesn't think it works, and his show is different. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've seen superhero shows on TV about people that are still human, and they still deal with things that are human and can be relatable, so I don't... I, really I mean, he, there's going to be supernatural things. They've uh, Poison Ivy is going to look completely different, and they're going to blame it on a dude that escaped from uh, Hugo Strange, whose power is to age people. That's not fucking supernatural. There's plenty of shows that are about supernatural things and can still have real people and real issues and real feelings. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand that quote, but... It's just weird. Heller's worked on The Mentalist and Rome, which I but both are pretty good shows. Rome is amazing. Gotham's not that great of a show. So it's maybe not. This is, why, uh, this is why. You got a guy that doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about working on a show. It, but it, it does kind of make sense. It's like they want to go further and embrace it more, but it just gets wacky and it's totally a mess. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if if he were really about that, about like the human aspect, right. I, I understand why he's focusing on Gordon because that is interesting. Like having Gordon, his perspective of everything. But the show is so wacky and focus. It, that's not even the main focus of the show. The main focus of the show is being this wacky alternate Batman sixty six yeah. futuristic show where these characters are just over the top. Just, yeah, completely over the top. Yeah. Uh, he says Gordon in the in the next season will be. He'll be more of a bounty hunter looking for those monsters that escape, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I'm still watching it uh, still watching. casually because I'm like, wow, what the shit is going on here? Uh, uh, also, other TV news, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, second half of season two started. I got to watch that. You got to watch it. Uh, it didn't really come back with the ratings uh, they were looking for. In fact, it's mid-season return. Uh, the ratings dropped. Uh, it had 6.7 million viewers during its season two premiere in April, right? Mm -hmm. The beginning. When it comes back for second half, it's 4.4 million now. And by comparison, The Walking Dead mid-season six premiere uh, pulled in 13.9 million oh, viewers. So it's nowhere near the viewership of Walking I Dead. Mean, it's still getting a pretty decent amount of viewers, but I mean, it's... It's Walking Dead light. So I watched it. Uh, it was, I'm just going to say one thing again, real quick. Oh, shit. If you haven't seen it, I'll sell it to you like this. Dude drinks his own pee. No lie, Nick. It's a Nick-centric episode. It's all about what he's doing. And you get some flashbacks. It's kind of like you get like Lost-style flashbacks informing his character a little bit more. But it's him surviving and making some stupid choices. Hmm. And at one point, he has to drink his own pee. Uh... It wasn't bad. I honestly, I'd watch a whole show just about him. I kind of don't, I don't care about the others. I don't want it to go back to the mom and the strand and them. There's like, people don't even remember the names of characters on the show after watching all of them. I, yeah, I don't remember the names. of the That's characters. never a good sign. The only, I don't even know what the mom's name is. Madison. Oh, Madison. I just have a, I remember stupid shit, but 
I liked it because it was Nick. It was just Nick, and it was uh, pretty ridiculous. And he's a weird-ass character. Oh, yeah. He's going to be great. So, Also, I found another interesting bit of news about talking about television. Did you know there's nine TV shows currently filming in Chicago? Oh, shit. We got some awesome buildings, man. Dude, uh, it's, well, it's largely because Illinois offers them uh, thirty up to 30% tax credits. Oh, nice. Which is how you get it. Like, this is Vancouver. Here, well, there's more than nine shows. Here are the shows. Uh, APB is a new cop show on Fox. Shameless, William H. Macy on Showtime. Fantastic show. Empire, Taraji B. Henson, Terrence Howard. My wife loves that show on Fox. And then you have Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf has like a Chicago multiverse here. He has a shared universe in Chicago. It's kind of cool on TV. The shows that he has are Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med, and a new one now, Chicago Justice. Hmm. Patriot is a new show for Amazon. Ozark, new Netflix show, Jason Bateman. And uh, I guess they're doing The Exorcist on Fox. So that's 10 shows. So you can literally crash these sets. Like you could go, the article I'll post, they were like, what if you want to go down there? They're like, look, sometimes they're cool. As long as you're not in the way. I'm glad all these filmmakers are uh, risking their lives to film in Chirac. They're shooting in Chirac. I mean, Chicago, uh, Chicago PD probably writes itself. Yeah. It's, uh, it used to be known as Cops Chicago. <laughs> That the Dick Wolf Chicago universe is crazy. Like, I, here's the thing: I don't watch any of these shows. I watch none of these shows. I've seen Shameless. I binged uh, it. That was good. I really support my city. I support my city, but I have no <laughs> desire. I, I, no I love seeing my city on TV. I don't watch any. Of these shows. I'm just. I can't. The Dick Wolf Chicago shows. That's like, how's that all, all the same shit? And they cross over. Are they? Is it a shared universe? Yeah, they all cross over. They're like they'll they'll do shows where one week it's like every week is a different show, and they're all in each other's so shows. Dick Wolf is a, is the original pioneer. He's got like a TV shared universe. Uh, all right, move gang, over, move. Greg Berlanti. <laughs> That's true. Instead of uh, he's got, Dick just Wolf. Dick Wolf. He prefers Richard though. Throw some. Mind know. if I call you Dick? Yeah. Throw some superheroes in there, Dick Wolf. <laughs> Give me a Chicago superhero universe. I'm uh, moving on to some comics news. There's. Uh, still, there's still comic books out there, guys. There We're is. still reading them, despite the fact that so, maybe and, you know, you know, and enjoy them. Despite the fact that sites like, have you seen the comic book resources redesign? No. They, so there's been some criticism, despite the fact that of they're still. Redesign? Yeah, it's well, it's people actually care about comic book resources redesign. Dude, people are pissed. What's wrong with it? So oh, they've gone kind of the KFC route. It's not comicbookresources.com anymore. It's CBR.com. In uh, fact, if you go to comicbookresources.com, which is stupid, it doesn't actually redirect it here, oh, which that's, is shit. That's dumb. But if you, uh, it's, so it's how it's meant to be seen. Watch, you grab the browser. I'm going to slide it all the way in. They really focused on a mobile first experience, which is what all sites are doing. Big, big pictures, big headlines. The criticism is... You know, castings on shows like Arrow are starting to get headlines, and it's a big thing, and it overtakes all the actual comics news. There was a great article, I'll put it in the show notes, about is comics journalism dead in the big sites? And they're like, maybe you go to the little sites that focus. That's, it, I mean, I kind of see that, yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's a numbers game, people. It's all uh, about getting clicks and uh, views. Listen, and Marvel struggles to sell 300,000 copies of a hit issue. A shitty Supergirl rerun pulls in a million viewers. Right, exactly. So there's no, what are you going to do? Right. Where's the content? Where are your eyeballs? And it comes down to SEO and clicks and ads and eyeballs. It's all about getting paid. Hey, if you uh, if you pay us enough, we'll we'll talk about anything. Hey, uh, sponsors, if you guys want to sponsor the show, just show at jockandnerd.com. Send us an email. I will talk. I'll have a show about wiping ass. I don't care. <laughs> so the one bit of com like money. comic book. We already did that. That was Billy Presida. Oh, that's uh, right. That was, that was Rim Jobs. That was, that was Rim Jobs. That was the last episode. Oh, shit. 
Marvel's, uh, remember we said Riri Williams is the new 15-year-old black girl, yeah. MIT student, built the Iron Man suit. Yeah. She's the new Iron Man, but they're going to rename it, you know, because she's not a man. Mm-hmm. And we, they've redesigned the suit to be a little more streamlined. They're calling her Iron Heart. Oh, cool. Which is kind of like bubbly. It's very nice. Yeah. I see big hearts and stuff. Here's the problem, though. What's that? There is a Japanese porn superhero parody called Iron Heart. Oh, shit. I shit you not. The pose is almost similar to the pose she has holding the helmet. Oh, no. I'm wondering. unfortunate. Right? This looks hot. By the way, Ironheart. Please don't play this. No, I'm not. There's there's no playable thing here. It's just there's a DVD cover. Uh, do you think they're going to change your name? No. <laughs> no, they don't care? I mean, you had to point that. I don't think who's – unless aficionados of the Japanese porn industry come up and start telling everybody. Oh, pay that's worthy. Exactly. <laughs> I don't it. I like Ironheart, and I like that. You like uh, Ironheart? I do. I mean, I, you can't, you can't I, call and, her Iron Woman. That's a little verbose. And, like, um, people were complaining. I mean, we even brought it up. I, I agreed it was lazy to change her to make Iron Man a black woman. You know, race. But Iron Man just, is a mantle now. It's not just a person. But it, yeah, but now it's not a mantle anymore. She's her own character. Ah, she's, she's got not her own a, superhero She's name. not a black girl Iron Man. Yeah, she's Ironheart. She's Ironheart. Right. It's just so, yeah, I guess Iron Heart's okay. I mean, what are you going to call her, Iron Woman? There's really nothing else you can. Iron Lass? Uh, iron- <laughs> Ironite? Yeah. I don't know. Irony? Irony. Iriri? Last piece of news, uh, listener. There's a dude out there who won, uh, he's won cosplay. Uh, he, he destroyed the world. He destroyed the world. He has built a Batman suit that has earned him title of... Uh, Guinness World Record. He's won the Guinness World Record for most functional gadgets on a cosplay suit. Dude is from Ireland. His name is Julian Checkley. On their Guinness World Records YouTube, there's a whole video. I'll put the link in the show notes um, about him talking about he's been making costumes ever since he was a little kid. He's worked in movies. He's always wanted to do this. This fucking thing has 23 working gadgets. Wow. Have you seen the the video of it? I have. I have. No, he's... uh... Dude had a lot of time on his hands. It looks, sure. dude, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Like it looks legit. There's a word. So here's what's on there. Fireball shooter, gauntlet video screens that are touchpad, bat tracking beacon, bat signal projector, folding batarang, a grapple gun, cowl respirator, pneumatic tranquilizer gun, ultrasonic anti-dog device, bat shurikens, UV lamp, ball bearing grenades, gauntlet flashlight, medical kit, battery pack, laser designator, bat cam, strobe stun gun, gas dispenser, smoke bombs, bat flask, concealed laryngeal microphone, and a two-way fucking radio. Like, he has made a functioning goddamn bat suit. You said bat flask, and that caught my eye. Bat flask. Yeah. That's all the jock needed is that one. Well, I mean, what the hell would he, he just Wait, when would he use? Like, he at, needs to drink. On the way home, you set the Batmobile on autopilot after, look, you had a long day fighting all these motherfuckers. I just put Two-Face in jail. I deserve this. And he just Let me get kicks a, back a little Alfred, swisk. Bat Alfred, uh, did you refill my bat flask? A swig of, the, of his flask. It's a bat whiskey, bat flask. I mean, okay, that might be the lamest one because that's just a container. But that's these, cool. dude, these are working like the working smoke bomb. I, I, I like the GPS, the magnet. He throws it, and it's like a GPS locator. Oh, fuck, and it, the, the thing on his wrist is the wow. How much time does this guy? Oh, have? Uh, a lot. But I mean, more than time. Like he's he's worked his whole life, kind of up to this making. That's cool. These he's made like Darth Vader costumes and all, all right. these in the past. Yeah, he's worked for movies. 
the guy, and he's uh, really passionate about it. I love this suit. I was like, it's like the, it's uh, also like the Arkham uh, Knight, the video game. Yeah, it looks suit, like the video right? game suit. Yeah, fucking legit, dude. If you saw him, well, you'd be like, wait, I think that's really Batman. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's good shit. That was all. So good for him, Julian. Uh, all right, gang, that's it for the news. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a pause. Play some uh, promos. This is some fun podcast. We like to spread the, the geekery around. Hashtag Potter and family and all that. Spread around. And then when we come back, you're going to hear an interview with David I, I don't C. want to Hayes. say it's an interview. Oh, sorry. Let's it's call a, it a conversation. We had an awesome conversation. Yeah. Anthony, what stood out that we could tease them right now? Um, the amount of B-movies this guy has been in. Oh, that and the fact that this guy has a professional wrestling gimmick where he never wins. Also, listener, you know him. He is in the Jimmy Eat World video for The Middle. The guy's done so many things. Stick around. David C. Hayes. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, listen, isn't this fucking shit awesome? Would it be great if someone actually, like, liked it enough to actually maybe support us? How about that, Imran? Did you ever think about that for one second? Well, look, listener, if you like what you're hearing so far, we do have a way for you to support us. And how the fuck do they do that? Go on to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, or you can go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd, which is our virtual tip jar. It works both ways. Listener, support us for any amount. You're going to get access to awesome bonus content. Rugs has got mini episodes, instant reactions to movies, more geeky audio than you can shake a geek stick at. Or a geek stick at. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> so go on to patreon.com slash jockandnerd and donate today it's not just any day it's mr throwback thursday hey this is james and this is bill and we are the mr throwback thursday podcast do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real we do and we talk about it every thursday you can check out woo news one and done record of the week and a whole lot more that's mr throwback thursday keeping it classic on itunes stitcher and at highvoltageradio.com and always remember new school stale old school fresh in a world where so many podcasts offer tv and movie news Along comes another one filled to the brim with podcasty goodness that is only slightly better at best. Admit it, you're always looking for a new brand of meaningless movie nonsense in your podcast diet. Look for the 365 Flicks podcast on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good third party podcast apps. You can also swing by the Facebook page. Come join in on the adventures of Kev, a pissy ex video star clerk. And Chris, a Scottish Whedon Hall. We are your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. We bring you all the latest TV and movie news reviews and general geeky rants. As well as a bunch of top fives that you really won't care about. So whether you're Team Iron Man or Team Cap, you're Team Batman or Team Superman, drop on by the 365 Flex podcast, where the Chris vs. Kev Civil War never stops. This is the podcast you're looking for. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. David C. Hayes, thank you so much for joining us on the Jock and Nerd Podcast. What's up, dude? Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's uh, always fun to visit new and interesting people. 
online. Welcome, welcome to the strange world of the jock and nerd, right, Anthony? This is uh, this is the place to be if you're a fucking weirdo. So That's right. We embrace. I hope you're weird as fuck. Well, look, I can start out by saying I want to confirm your uh, IMDb page. This is you with the rubber chicken, is it not? It is. It is. Yes, the only, <laughs> oh, the only co-star that I let to uh, upstage me. And that's and that is your O face going. Yeah, well, it's literally the. Uh, I'm trying to mimic the rubber chicken face. My O real O face <laughs> looks like something yeah. akin to like a Cabbage Patch Kid meets you know a turkey loaf. So, oh boy! <laughs> if you can imagine that. I love that this is like his professional headshot. This is the best part about David. Uh, David, thanks for filling out the podcastguest.com listing uh, for our show. Yeah, it was, that's a cool thing. Right? Isn't it a great service? You know, shout out to those guys. And, and uh, David's not a podcaster, so here's a great example of a guy knowing the value of getting on podcasts to promote you know, yourself and your brand. Oh, yeah. And uh, the podcastguest.com, great service. Now, now he's going to be exposed to our... Uh, Virgin Single Dudes Network. Full exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that's never been laid in their life, they're going to hear you now, David. Welcome. That's so awesome because, you know, that's generally my market. That is my demographic. <laughs> that, that is what you call a good crossover right there. <laughs> Cross promotion is key. I want to play this game with you, David. I did a little cyber snooping in preparation for this. Cool. I'm going to try to list out all the things that I think you do because... My man David here, oh my God, this guy does a lot of awesome stuff, all right? And you just tell me if I've hit the nail on the head. Just a simple scan from his IMDb page, listener. He's got 68 acting credits, 22 producing credits, 20 writing credits, right? Right. Some of them on the same things. Some of them on the same things, but you would think that's enough, but there's more. But I just got to mention, you have the, the the movies you're in, there's clearly a genre because they're some <laughs> of the best best titles uh, of movies I've ever heard of. And they're shitty movies for the most part. So that's the genre, really. Good titles. Yeah. The genre is the B movie. Uh, such titles as The Virgin uh, Murders, oh, Blood God. Moon Rising, Vampageddon, <laughs> uh, Nightmare Ooh. Alley, uh, uh, The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell, Bloody, Bloody Bible Camp. Not just one bloody. No. It's bloody, bloody. Well, it's you, super bloody. You, you got to emphasize that it's bloody over there. That's that. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, that's uh, Ron Jeremy plays Jesus in that. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Does Ron <laughs> Jeremy whip out? his dick jesus no jeez this has got some class (laughs) mister oh yeah come on he he kept it classy for this film Uh, we couldn't afford that (laughs) that cost that would that would have pushed it that would (laughs) have pushed it way over the budget for a a bloody bloody bible camp we'd have to give him more pulled pork and the craft services for that couldn't afford it we'll just go (laughs) just go to the pulled pork store and you can uh, get that going oh they make those yeah yeah. Uh, there, and so, I mean, just finishing up these titles, there's a movie called Crack Whore, The Ooh, Vampire's Tomb. You were Cletus Tomb. in Crack Whore. I was Cletus in Crack Whore. Uh, that, he was yeah. Cletus! Yeah. Oh, shit. I was wondering who Cletus was, <laughs> and now I yeah, know. Yeah, you, you know, you're a big Crack Whore fan, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> I have that on Laserdisc and VHS and I, beta. I got the, I got the poster on I've my I've got room. it on the beta. <laughs> I've got it on Betamax. Look, if that, you think that's enough for some people, right? Not fucking David. <laughs> he's also, he's done a lot of short films, television, video games, right, David? Um, uh, I've done one video game, um, okay, some music counts. videos. 
the big one was the Jimmy Eat World one. He was yeah. in the Jimmy Eat World video for the middle. Oh, like that huge, that was a huge video. And uh, you, you, once you look at his photo, you clearly know who he is. That's the beauty like, about your appearances is that you're really easy to find, David, aren't you? Right. Well, you know, in, you see, in, in, the, in these piles of shit movies, you know, the one guy that actually remembered his lines, it's pretty easy to stand out. <laughs> so do you, is this like a, a talent of yours to seek out shitty movies to be in? You're like, I'm going to be in that shitty movie and then hopefully I get into another shitty movie. And then, oh, wait. More shit. I'm going to be in that one too. It's more, it's more of a mutant superpower, really. Yeah. Wherein you know, it just they find no. It's 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 fun. It's a. I started in theater. Okay. Um, on the stage at Chicago, and um, I was doing late night shows. If you you guys are from Chicago, yeah. do you remember Scary the Musical? Ah, no. Musical version of Carrie. You know, late '90s, early 2000s. Ran for a few years. Uh, I did that show. Um, and uh, a couple other of those late night ones, and that just kind of blossomed into the horror genre and i'm a big fan of the horror genre i was i was a fan to begin with and uh so i just it, it just uh, it was a natural progression i started to get picked up for um uh, more of the the uh stupid best friend or intense maniac uh parts. the typecast I, I just have i just have to say real quick david before you keep going imran was looking up scary the musical yeah spelled it with two r's <laughs> and then gave up yeah because he couldn't find I'm it. trying to pay attention to David. <laughs> it's not it important. It's spelled with two R's. It's See? like Carrie, the, the musical yes. version of Carrie. Uh, ah, who's the idiot now? That, that, that one, what is that, Scarry? No, not with the two. With oh, one R, right. it'd be Scarry. There you go. Ah, there you go. But then you put a Y at the end of it, Imran. I saw you. No, I found go. it. And never runs at all. <laughs> <laughs> but keep yeah, going. I, think, I still think that the, the theater company is still in Chicago, and they do put it on intermittently. Uh, Hell in a Handbag Productions, I think. Uh, right on. Are, 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 who's doing that right Sweet now? Sweetback Productions, yeah. originally. Yeah, that was that, that was us then. Uh, David's also done stand up. I saw a little video of your stand up. Oh yeah, that's out there. He's also written not only dude. Uh, there's still so much more. He's written a whole bunch of novels, graphic novels, short stories, poetry. Uh, David, you're also known as the worst wrestler ever, Joe Brony. Oh, God, I was bad. <laughs> He's a professional wrestler, terrible. Anthony. Check out. Wait, were you really? Yes, look, check it yeah. out. Look. Oh, whoa. There's great photos of oh, him hey, in the oh. ring. Look at that physique. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a... Okay, upside down melty ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> compared to. I, would, I would compare you to the physique of, uh, like... Uh, earthquake from like the old wrestling, like in the eighties, nineties. Oh yeah, Tenta, or, John Tenta. Was come on, name? come on. Yeah, I mean, my shoulders are still, you know, e- almost equivalent to my gut. I wasn't going up like a Christmas tree like John Tenta. That's true. How tall are you? Cut me some slack. I'm a six one. <laughs> oh, you're not as tall as John Tenta. Yeah, but body, you come down with the body side, you are shaking well, the ring. Well, I mean, what is what was your finisher? I mean, did you ever? Well, you were the worst wrestler ever, so you probably got finished was, all the time. The, the the gimmick was that I never won. Right. That's why I was Joe Brony. And I would put anybody over. I'd put your grandma over. I'd put a broom over. It doesn't matter. Um, and so I would lose all the time. My finisher was actually, I was billed from Detroit. So uh, my finisher was called the D-Town Shuffle, and I would run away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Finish him. And then it's just like, it runs off. That's awesome. Dude, also, here's another great thing. He builds custom action figures. Yeah. Custom League of America. Well, you're not too uh, enthused about that one, David. I know. I mean, most people just think it's this totally weird thing. But uh, you remember, you guys are really young, I assume. Well, 
I'm I'm the younger He's one. He's the millennial Imran douche. Is about 75. I'm an older gentleman of well, not that. Then old. you remember the Migos? <laughs> yes, right? the yes. eight inch. Yeah, I always wanted those. They have the eight inches tall. They have the cloth uniforms, and I always wanted them, so I never could afford them as a kid. And now I, I collect them now, and I build uh, custom ones that they didn't have. Um, you know, made so you know in seventies style stuff like when I was a kid reading comics. Dude, that's awesome. There is a big it's, industry for this. Like, if you see them at uh, comic book conventions, like people custom building action figures from other action figures and with custom paint jobs. It's huge. Yeah, it's like a big thing. Uh, so that's a lot of fun, man. And there's probably so much more stuff I didn't even get. But how did? Where did all this start for you, man? Where did this passion uh, for for performing start? It really started, like I said, in Chicago. Right on. Um, I uh, went to Michigan State. Go Green. Bowl games. Woohoo. And um, he's a jock, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wrestled. So yeah, back in the go. day, like for real, not not the jumping off the rope stuff. But um, the Greco Roman. Uh, no, not the Greco. You, I always you, you get that wrong. Greco Roman. Yeah. Freestyle Olympic yeah. style. All right. No, no, yeah, Olympic no, style. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. Oh, see, I got something really right. that good. <laughs> there he is. Look at you. I'm trying. I'm so proud. I'm, tr- I'm trying. He, he tries. He tries. You guys need to help me along. He always goes to Greco Roman just because he likes saying Greco Roman. Yeah, it just sounds hot. Geek boner. Okay. You know those who those who enjoy Greco Roman. You know, just saying. Okay. okay. So where I was in, I was on stage in Chicago, and uh, yeah. we were talking about Scary the Musical, uh, Rudolph the Red Hosed Reindeer. All this cool stuff is uh, uh, where I started. But I got there. I used to, um, uh, when I graduated from Michigan State, I, I moved to Chicago with an English degree. And so I was writing the Iowa tests, writing and editing those. If you took those in school. Wait, you wrote and, the uh, questions? Yeah, I would. Uh, the reading comprehension stories and the questions. Oh, uh, that would be me. Yeah. And uh, so if, you, if, you, if your uh, school didn't get any funding, you're welcome. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. You wrote all those questions that just made me stay up and sweating at night. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I, in my defense, I went insane. I, I couldn't handle it anymore, and I quit, and I started working at a Starbucks. Um, and the Starbucks was down the street from a uh, theater company, and I would largely, uh, and as I think the statute of limitations is up, I really embezzled coffee and yeah. gave, it, gave it to the people in this theater company until they put me on stage. That was really my audition process. I used to work at Starbucks. I I still I did embezzle lots of coffee and food. That's what you do. At the end of the day, they're throwing away all the sandwiches. I'm like, oh fuck that! I'll eat these. Give them to me. Right. You know that's how people yeah. live. That's how yeah. you live. And so, so I did those shows. Uh, I ended up based off of those getting cast in a couple of uh, underground Ed Wood movies they were making from Ed Wood novels. And, uh, wow, I saw that too. Okay, that's really interesting. I was like, uh, "There's a uh, so there there were Edward adaptations, kind of just unofficial, or whatever." Right, right. They didn't have a, the, the blessing, of course, of the Edward estate. Um, I went on later. I wrote a, a book on. I did a, a biography on Edward that focused on his uh, books called Muddled Mind. If anyone wants to pick that up, uh, but he wrote like over 150 novels, well, hundreds and hundreds of short stories. He's like this incredibly prolific smut novelist. That uh, uh, no one knows about until you buy the book. That's crazy, and you'll know all about it. So, where did your like love for uh, you seem to have similar career path as kind of the Ed Wood? Where did your love for like horror and B movies and this whole kind of uh, genre solidify? 
uh, as a kid, you know, it's really, it's, it's escapist stuff. It's totally escapist stuff. And, uh, uh, in Michigan, um, it's a, it's a, it's a weird place. You know, it's, uh, a little, uh, little rural where I was, uh, when I was growing up. So there wasn't much around, um, not many people to play with, not many things like that. So I would retreat largely into, uh, like little fantasy worlds and, you know, the universal monsters populated that little fantasy world. And, uh, um, the concept that uh, there's there's terror out there, and uh, it's just just waiting for us it was really a, a salient thing when I was a kid, and it kind of shaped uh, my tastes to to a, a large extent, uh, along with um, some you know really I'm at an age where uh, Stephen King kind of came into his own when I was starting yeah. to read adult fiction, and of course that's what you would gravitate toward. So this this concept of a folksy um, uh, dangerous storylines and narratives that, that can cause like these permanent damage or change, like world changing stuff was uh, really appealing because I wanted my world to change. I wanted bigger. I wanted more. So first chance I got hit Chicago. And then, uh, that's what, that's what happens. Man, those universal monsters inspired a lot of cats. Wait, which one was your favorite universal monster? The Wolfman, hands the Wolfman. down. You know, this is the original shared universe, though, the, right? In the 50s, yep. those guys started it all. Have you guys heard about their, uh, they're going to bring it back? Yeah, they're trying to bring it back. Uh, with like Tom Cruise as uh, the mummy and somebody else as the invisible man. David, what are your thoughts on bringing it back? Um, you know, you're exactly right. It is the original shared universe. Uh, and it was so hokey then, but it was great. You know, Frankenstein fought the Wolfman. House of Dracula had everybody. Um, but they had, they, they've started it that for that newest Dracula movie, Dracula untold. That, that, yeah, was, the, that the, was the, the, in, the uh, first salvo in that uh, 2014. The, the right. Yeah. The teaser they shot at the end was uh, supposed to launch, uh, the, the shared universe, uh, just a, you know, a soft launch. Uh, I can see, I can see it can be done. Well, uh, Marvel has proven that a modern shared universe can go well. Um, DC is proving that a modern shared universe can be bumbled, but hopefully fixed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they got a lot of work ahead of them. They do, but they, I mean, they're paying, playing, you know, catch up after you know, 10, 15 years anyway. And, right. but then they're well, just trying to force it all up front instead of kind of try to build it slowly. Right. And I, you know, they have a point. Uh, I, I can see the point. I can see the basis where they're coming from, wherein we have iconic characters. Marvel right. didn't have iconic characters. Iron Man was right. a crapshoot. Iron yeah, Man was a second was. tier character. Yep. Uh, but they, they, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I like last year. Uh, uh, I directed a Superman musical um, oh, for a, a cool. local theater around here. This, it was written in '66 um, oh. to play off the Batman show. Very campy, very fun. But um, the whole premise of it is, I, I don't need to market because I have the second most recognizable symbol in the world. Right. That I've right now you know behind a, a cross or maybe third behind the star of david there's the superman symbol known worldwide and you know that's it's it's just these iconic things and still they managed to, to mess it up <laughs> <laughs> you know what though that would be neat to see a superman show in the vein of batman 66 like in that universe show us that superman how fucking wacky yeah. would that be it was crazy. They based it off of the, um, you know, the the guys that wrote it did uh, went on to do, you know, little small things like, you know, Annie. So <laughs> oh, just a little, <laughs> so this, this, a little musical. But like, those guys wrote Annie after this. Holy crap! Yeah, wow. right after this, and uh, it, it feels like I mean, because it's a really a poorly done musical. Uh, it <laughs> failed on Broadway. 
It uh, they they shot a 1975 TV movie version of it, um, really? completely changing it all around and making it worse. You know, because they shot it in three days on a soundstage with Loretta Swit. It's just, just craziness. Uh, but you can see that on YouTube if you guys want to you know, Superman the musical or it's a Superman official the title Superman is it's a the bird, musical. it's a plane, uh, it's Superman is the official title of it. Uh, so, but we put it on and then and we went straight for the the camp aspect yeah. of it. Uh, to just to, to Batman it up as much as humanly possible, and it worked. It worked really well. I think that if um, it, it came back in that sense, um, it would work really well. Uh, I just you know, with the, especially with the popularity of Batman sixty six right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, well, that uh, and then against the backdrop of these super serious Batman and Superman films that are out. Uh, yeah, so it's nice. a, it's quite refreshing. Batman sixty six, like the 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 comic book, uh, it's kind of neat. It continued the 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 series in that it showed you like their version of Two Face, their version of villains that weren't in the TV show, and now they're doing yeah. a full length animated feature with the voices with Adam West, Adam, Adam West, West, Burt Ward, and uh, uh, is it Julie Newmar? Julie Newmar, yep. Now there's a trailer. And uh, it, it just looks like fun, but uh, Adam West sounds so old. Yeah. <laughs> doing these lines well, like they're just so slow well, because he is old. He's old. He's I don't know what I don't know old. about you, but people age. He's uh, like, <laughs> look out! He's literally like, look out, chum! And it's just <laughs> he sounds old. Okay, I get it. And uh, but dude, this uh, Universal upcoming shared universe sounds cool. They have the mummy scheduled well, click for on next Dracula year. Until I don't think that movie did all that. No, well. no, it didn't. But moving forward, they're planning a Van Helsing film, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and Frankenstein. But before you get your panties in a tizzy, Imran, it's crazy. The, you need to realize if w- these films keep failing, none of these will happen. But I've heard that they're 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 getting they want they have like Angelina Jolie, Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, like big names who want to to be these creatures. Yeah, you can and, scroll up and you'll see it and build this. So Which that's, is that's I think that's going to be in, in the favor of, of uh, the shared universe thing, since you have like these iconic ideas. Universal is behind it. Um, so and and the one thing that stopped everyone else because these classic monsters are in the public domain. You know, anyone right. can make a Dracula movie. Anyone can make a Frankenstein movie. Anyone can make a mummy movie. But it's the the images are trademarked. So these classic Universal images, the way Boris Karloff looked, the way Bela Lugosi looked, those are what's owned by Universal. And so since uh, they're part of this process and they're starting this process, I, I tend I'm going to err on the side of hopefulness. Um, you know, I, I, I know that uh, the, the signing of Tom Cruise kind of let me down as far as the mummy's <laughs> concerned. Uh, but then again, I think back, he, he was Lestat. He didn't do a horrible job there. You know, made the, he made the, the book palpable. Do you think they should, are you saying they can use that, they should reboot it using those iconic looks with current stars or do their own thing? I think they should, uh, they should uh, at least pay homage to those looks. Because you see, like, um, have you guys seen the trailer for the Luke Cage TV show yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. So when he comes out of that, there's a, there's a quick shot of him coming out of the process where he's yep. got these silver bracelets on and the silver headband. Yep. He's not going to wear that yep. for the show. But everyone's like, oh, nope. look at that. That's Luke Cage. That's all you need. Yeah, that's it. You just need a teaser. Just pay homage to this. That's all we ask. Marvel does a wonderful job at paying homage to its past. Um, D not doing a wonderful job at paying homage to its past. <laughs> they're you know. fucking up their whole property. They really are, and, and you know, they, it's, they're it's, li- they're literally just like fuck the past. Let's change everything. Right. So they're kind of like, like current wrestling. You know, oh, ah, yeah. our audience, ah. their short term memory shot bunch of knuckle draggers. Yeah, we'll just reboot. 
you know, no, they just no, reboot no, no. everything also, huh? You know, the, the same thing is happening in the horror industry, you know, uh, the reboots of all these uh, iconic classic things that, that don't need the reboot. And it's uh, in the public consciousness, it's replacing the original. And, and what we're left with is just, you know, utter crap most of the time. What's your, uh, what's your favorite iconic horror killer person, whatever? Favorite movie of Character. all time Character. is Halloween from 1978. Ah, uh, the original. Technically perfect movie almost. Uh, that's a, it's a flick with almost zero bloodshed that scared you with camera movement, blocking, and music. That's a genius. That one did scare me. I remember watching that, and, well, I had to cover my eyes a few times because... My mom was there and titties were out, but <laughs> that was Jamie Lee Curtis titties. No, right? no, 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 you don't no. see Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, PJ Souls. No. And uh, that was funny. Well, PJ Souls played, uh, uh, gosh, I forgot her name in Halloween, but she played Norma and scroll in down, Imran. Help this guy out. Yeah, go on, IMDb guy. Um, L- Linda, Linda Vander Cloak. Yeah. That was it. She played Linda, and then Carrie, she played uh, Norma. And I was doing a Days of the Dead show in Indianapolis a couple months ago, and she was across from me. So in, in that scary musical that ran for a year, I played her because it was a yeah. cross-gendered thing. So I'm like, hey, you know, I, oh, I played no. you for a year. <laughs> and I'm like this giant Sasquatch-looking like, guy, and she's like, oh, <laughs> that's <Huh>? wonderful. She didn't have a lot. Dude, she'll never forget that. Who else could come up to her and be like, "I played you." I That's played pretty you. cool. And you smell, you smell different when you're awake. Like, you smell Dude, great. It, what? <laughs> I smell like in '78, though, this movie was uh, very frightening. I guess oh, even yeah. when you even saw now, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, even now, it still, it still it. works. Yeah. The idea of it, like, just makes you not want to uh, go out. It still, it still works. It's the, always I mean, the, the movie is a classic tale about the boogeyman. It is, and it's it's a classic tale about a boogeyman because we don't give the boogeyman motivation. It works one hundred percent because Michael Myers is a freaking machine, and you cannot rationalize with a machine. He's like a Terminator before the Terminator, right? Just coming after. Are you Laurie Strode? Exactly. Are you Laurie Strode? <laughs> <laughs> Why is the pumpkins? I come for candy. <laughs> Take a treat. Time for tricks. <laughs> oh my god, they should have put Arnold in that role. <laughs> I want to see that. Somebody make that movie. You that, just crossover Terminator Halloween. Have you heard about the Lost Arnold movie? No. It was uh, supposed to happen in the early 80s, and it was a horror movie about a professional wrestler that goes nuts on steroids and goes on this massive killing spree. And he was, I guess he was signed and ready to go, sealed and everything. And then the, he got the Conan job. Uh, oh, that was that early. How different the world would be with that movie in it. <laughs> I don't think that would have helped him any. I think he, I think he made the right choice. Yeah. Huh? He did, but did we, I mean, I think we're missing out on something. Yeah, oh, some we're gold. missing out for sure. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, David, what do you think about these supposed cast for these movies? Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I can see Oof. that. Well, which one's he playing? Uh, I would imagine. I would imagine you Both? CGI the Doctor Hyde fit with his face, and then he's uh, Jekyll. But that's a good question. Who, if, which if one it's is he Russell Crowe, it's, it's just going to be you know Doctor Jekyll. He has like six beers and turns into Mister Hyde and just starts trying to beat <laughs> the shit out of people. Fuck. So just starts yelling at people. Uh, Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, which that could work because you're not going to see him a lot. 
<laughs> it's perfect roll. <laughs> now, this one I love because Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster, like he kind of fucking looks like Frankenstein. Hey, you know what? We had to suffer through Robert De Niro as Frankenstein's monster. Oh, you you could put that? Rodney Dangerfield in the part, you know, and, and yeah. we'd be beyond the De Niro. He's got, Bardem's got like a square head, like the perfect square he's, flat top head. He's already shaped like the iconic Frankenstein. Yeah. Just put the bolts in. What is this Sophia Botella as the mummy? Are they making the mummy a woman this this time around? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe. Um, well, they, there's uh, there's always, in the classic mummy story, there's the, uh, the, the love interest that spans time. So, right. You look just like my fiance from 3,000 years ago. There was a male and a female mummy. And speaking of uh, brides of these things, uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, bride of Frankenstein. I can That's see that. Uh, Elsa Lanchester uh, was hot. Yeah. I can see that. Put the little streak up there, her and Javier Bardem, a uh, little crossover. I mean, this is, I think it's, pro- it's very highly anticipated. It's the original shared universe. They got to bring it back. They got to yeah, I mean, bring it back. It is. Trying. Yeah. Oh, and, then and then Luke see, Evans as Dracula. Luke and Luke Evans as what? <laughs> Who as what? Yeah. Johnny Evans. Depp. Yeah. Who? Russell Crowe. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> your cousin. Luke Evans. <laughs> yeah. You know, looking looking back on how they they launched this, I never saw Dracula Untold, but the movie did make a ton of money. Got terrible reviews. I but liked it's it. It's a curious casting choice, though. Curious launching it with Luke Evans as Dracula. It was it, it's that's a kind of a hallmark of of, uh, of old school horror though, you know. Yeah. The horror fan, it doesn't matter who's in it, they're gonna give right. it. They're gonna give it a shot. You know. It, you know, even the shittiest B movie, believe me, someone will give you a yeah. shot simply because you're in the genre. And like they're critic proof. Like critics never like horror movies. That's true. And it doesn't fucking matter. Was Dracula? You saw it, David? I did. Was it? Would you consider it a horror film? It was a very cool take. I would consider it a dark fantasy. Okay. Um, so it, it really do, it, it tried to to really meld the uh, the concept of the uh, the Carpathian vampire with um, the uh, a sympathetic take on Vlad Tepes, the uh, you know he of the uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, uh, Dominic Cooper's in this fucking preacher. Yeah, and yeah, and Howard Stark. Preacher, yeah. great show. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like a it's that's a mix of uh, horror and comedy right there. That'd be right up your alley. Right, they do it a lot better though. They what on uh, preacher? Oh yeah, I like I liked how uh, the season ended up where uh, it was kind of it ends where the comic book almost kind of starts. Like you're waiting if you read the comic book, you're waiting for them to go on this road trip, and you're like, why is he stuck mm-hmm. in this town? And with I look, I'm just gonna spoil it. Spoiler Are you gonna watch preacher, Anthony? Fuck no. Dude, the last episode is so good. They blow up the whole town of Anvil. Everyone we met in the show outside of Jesse Tulip and uh, Cassidy are dead. Mm. He calls God down to the church, but it's it's a, it's an angel pretending to be God. And the angel finally under duress, Jesse kind of uses his echo voice. He goes, where's God? And the angel's like... Look, I don't know. We don't know where God is, man. He left like two weeks ago. We've been kind of holding the fort. It's all fucked up. And they come and they grab and take him away because he wasn't supposed to spill the beads in front of everyone in the in the uh, the assembly. He tells him like God's gone, and then 
the fucking the you know the factory where Quinn Cannon worked where the 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 cows are being. Are you talking to me or David? Because I haven't seen any of the show. So you're telling me, have you seen the factory? Anyways, no, the, I haven't seen the factory. This factory where it's building up methane gas. The guy's like getting banged by a hooker and he dies of a heart attack. Forgets to vent the gas. It, the whole town blows up. Hmm. And uh, as no they're good. driving off. And that's it. That's it's a, a good I'm, show. It's so good. The balls of them to just, we're going to kill everybody you met so far. And now we're going on a road trip. It was is there a, a season two coming? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's got to be. There's, uh, I think they, I think yeah, they yeah. did well. It's been time. I had misgivings because Seth Rogen produced it. Yes. And, and I'm not, you know, he kind of ruined the green for me. So I wasn't yeah. high on, on the, uh, the comic book adaptation. But uh, this is, this isn't your, this isn't the spandex and capes. So it's, uh, it's, it's Garth Ennis. Uh, and Steve Dillon from their book, and just amazing stuff that I think. It took uh, them a little while to get get running, but they got the tone right. They got you know they got the characters yeah. right, and I think that's the most important. Yeah, they thing. found their legs about uh, episode three. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a good show. All right, David, let's get into like some of your more recent stuff. Like I mentioned, you're also a writer, and you write novels and graphic novels and comic books. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I see you have a uh, three issue miniseries here running called The Rot. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm actually really proud of it for a change. So you know, <laughs> shitty movies, right great on. comics. Oh, God, <laughs> this is something that he wants to promote. He's like, check out my shitty, fuck my shitty movies, fuck the shitty movies. Check out this. Comic I'm actually book. doing something that isn't shit. It's from Source Point Press. Why don't you tell us what's it about? Cool. Uh, yeah, it is from Source Point Press, um, and you can go to sourcepointpress.com or go into your local comic shop to look for it. Uh, it's called The Rot, and it's essentially about a guy who's an assassin. Uh, he goes to prison. Uh, he develops cancer, finds God, undergoes a uh, um, a, a process to uh, hopefully eradicate that cancer. What it does is it, it bolsters everything in him. So his killer nature, his zealousy, the cancer itself. So he comes out on the other side of this as uh, an, an anomaly um, where that can project his own cancer out onto people. Um, he just wants to punch the wicked, but uh, there's lots of things going against him. Uh, heaven is after him. Uh, hell is after him. Uh, the government wants to weaponize him. The CDC thinks he's this plague. And in the meantime, he just doesn't give a shit about any of these people. He's got this mission that he's on. So um, the forces of different supernatural and, and terrestrial forces are after him. Um, and so the three-issue miniseries, it really sets up a larger world. And we're going to be putting together rot books in these little three-issue uh, story arc increments. But uh, uh, the art is beautiful. It's painted by Sean Seal, and uh, it's so you know each panel is painted. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, I hope everyone checks it out because I dig it. Wow! I, I have to say, I don't normally like many things. This sounds pretty dope, nice. dude. This sounds like I love the concept. It's kind of like. Deadpool meets Preacher meets Swamp Thing meets Vertigo. It's really Vertigo. Uh, yeah. Um, my, my, yeah, very nice. Vertigo y. And that, you like that shit, Imran. I love Vertigo y weird he, shit, he dude. He pops a tent right away. All, the, all that weird all, shit. All you, all you have to get out is Vert, and he's already fucking full throttle. Let's go. Yeah. You had me at Vert. Yeah. Well, my favorite character of all time, and here's kind of my nerd street cred, is uh, I have every appearance ever, you know, even cameos of Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's a great character. Absolutely yeah. my favorite character. And, you know, all of the stuff I do, all, all, all of my written work is essentially, you can boil it down to, you know, um, uh, this these 
these intellects and these emotions trapped in these horrible bodies and, and just being, uh, having to deal with these, the, the horrible physical manifestations of themselves, which is, you know, kind of like growing up looking like a Sasquatch Neanderthal. I, 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 look, I can relate. Uh, David, I love, there's so many levels. I love this. I love that. First of all, the cancer angle. This is something more increasingly, it's, it's literally touching everyone's life. And it hasn't, the person next to you, it has affected them. Uh, me personally, in my family, and just recently, like, in my in-laws, like, we've all been affected by cancer. So to take this cancer and turn it into a weapon. To is, turn it to something that can be, like, used. Used for good yeah, yeah. to take out bad people is brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. It's, and he's really, the, the cool part is he's, he's kind of, his um, sort of uh, uh, social views and his worldview is totally skewed by how much of a zealot he is. Ah. And that's the, because it, 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 like the, the process was designed to, you know, I'm not, well, I don't want to give any spoilers. No, don't But spoil the process it. amped things up. Uh, it wasn't supposed to eradicate the cancer. It was supposed to make his mental, his, his brain stronger and his cells stronger to fight it off. And it just resulted in, in, in everything. So going his personality on personality and his attitude. How, how does this idea start? You're like, do you, was there some, a specific moment or how did this come about? This was an old one. This okay. was a really, really, really old idea. And it started, uh, I had moved uh, to Chicago from Michigan. And I didn't know anybody staying in this uh, this awful little one room uh, or two room apartment on Howard and the L. If uh, uh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> if okay. You're, if you've been over there, and uh, I didn't know anybody, and I was just in there, and I was I was really lonely. Um, and the concept of this this thing, you know, of a uh, uh, trying to turn a negative into a positive, but it's filtered through this sort of myopic worldview, uh, kind of grew from there. And I was really uh, influenced by uh, Alan Moore's run on the Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, I was uh, really influenced. At that time, the Preacher was uh, midway through its run. And I was really influenced by that. Uh, I had uh, uh, musically just gotten into um, uh, uh, early Misfits stuff. So I had the, and I've always had the horror movie things playing in the background. So yeah. all of these things coalesced in my loneliness to uh, putting together this this kind of idea, and it grew over time. I didn't pull the trigger on submitting it to anybody or pitching anyone until uh, early um, last year, January of last year. So, like twenty years later. Yeah, close to twenty. Wow. Um, so, if you see like my novel Cherub, that's a, that was a fifteen year gestation period there. So you know some of these things, some some of these things are really quick. Yeah. Um, I have another comic out now called Rotten Tail. Uh, the Rotten Tail comic is about a giant mutant Easter bunny, uh, and we just signed the film rights for that through uh, Shoreline. So what? we're actually oh, going to go into production. Yeah, Co that's going to be that's really cool. That's awesome. And uh, but uh, uh, that started, you know, in 2002 as a screenplay that absolutely nobody wanted, and I was pushing it and pushing it and pushing it for until like 2008, and I said, "Screw this! I'll just make it into a comic book." And I and I went out and I had it drawn. You know, I the script and the artists are out there. And no one wanted that either. Like, man, I'm just plugging away at this thing. S you know, seven years later, uh, 2015, I show it to SourcePoint. I'm like, oh, hey, this is cool. They pick it up. They put a, a really cool cover on it. And suddenly I've got a film distribution deal. I've got, you know, wow. it's selling at all the shows. I'm just like, come on, man. I keep joking. It's like the 20-year-old overnight success. 
Well, no, but it doesn't <laughs> happen overnight. Work like yeah, that. and you're, I mean, you're just, you're hustling. You got the, you know, the the best thing I like about all you do is the multiple avenues. Like, really, that's the way you got to make it these days is you got to have multiple things going and, and be able to dip into things all the time. And uh, you clearly are a great example of that. Uh, not, I wouldn't say great. Like we were like talking before, volume is key. You know, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> it is. quantity it's over num- quality. It's a, it's a numbers game. It's sort a of, numbers game. Sort of like my game in the uh, sexual world. Uh, <laughs> Swipe right on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You know, you're in the bar. You ask a hundred women. You only need one to say yes. That's only right. Need one. Moving on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just equated your your idea to women. <laughs> That's what That's, Anthony does. Hey, you know, someone's got to have some game. We all know I don't. <laughs> so I like going back to the rot. How much of that name was inspired by Alan Moore Swamp Thing? Because for the listener who doesn't know, I love the whole concept between in the Swamp Thing that the avatars all are there's multiple avatars that control parts of life right so swamp thing is the avatar of the green which is plant life mm-hmm. then you got a- uh, animal man right which sometimes he was the avatar that his daughter was for a while of uh the red yep. living meat which is living meat then you have the 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 rot right is uh decom uh decomposing matter right dying it matter is. yep matter is, it, it, so it encompasses all of them and it's dying matter and uh, I, it, it, there's, it's the rot as a name is a really big uh, homage uh, to, yeah, to the Alamore's run. Um, but also, I needed it fits perfectly because I needed something um, that I could uh, have uh, the media in the world of the story uh, latch mm-hmm. onto. Because we, you know, here we have the Zika virus and we got Ebola and uh, flesh eating disease. We got all these things. And as far as the the public knows, he's just a disease. That is this is cutting the swath through the the countryside uh, on his mission to wherever he's going, and as far as they know, and as far as the CDC knows, it's the rot. It's what people are you know they they've just named it this. So I needed a sensationalistic um, uh, title for for the world to view this guy as, and it fits as well because you know he doesn't want to be perceived as this, but you know name's a name. You know, these diseases have great uh, marketing uh, companies working for them. If you think <laughs> about it, all short, three-letter, really catchy, Zika, Ebola. Like, you just, you can't forget the and, names. And, and they sound awful. They do. They, they, they yeah, do. like, who comes yeah. up oh with these? Bird flu. That sounds awful. Bird <laughs> flu. Oh, my. Bird swine flu. Swine oh. flu. Oh, Sa- SARS was maybe the one that was confusing. SARS? Yeah, SARS is weird. Sounds like a car dealership almost. Yeah, I don't know. it sounds like an acronym for something longer. Standard Auto Redemption Services. Yes, I, yes. I think uh, I think it is but, an acronym uh, for something longer. Actually, probably yeah. something all something. <laughs> well, you want to go old school? We can re- go, we can go polio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, polio, old school, or the old school FDR, with, or the, yeah. the easy tuberculosis because that one. Ooh. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> look, you said TB and you sent people running scared. Yeah, I have vitiligo. That's not the same uh, thing, but it's it a sounds fun, aw- it it's sounds a fun awful. Name. It's a bad name. Yeah, it sounds awful. SARS is severe acute respiratory syndrome. Oh, that's that's uh, not, too long. And then that's, that's why you got to throw the. There's also there. SIDS, which is a sad one. Oh, okay. SIDS. okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Now we're getting depressing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. All right. This show took a turn. Speaking of uh, depressing, uh, now, look, tell us about, I, I love Rotten Tail. It yeah. reminds me of uh, Donnie Darko, like an evil, like if Donnie Darko just went serial killer on us. In that, yeah, with it's, a, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit, There's. it's got the, uh, you know, as funny as Donnie Darko wasn't, 
Uh, if, it was, if it was going to be funny, it would go in this direction. Uh, and it's really it's really a simple story. It's, it's a Hulk story uh, about a giant mutant Easter bunny. This guy, he's a, he's a researcher in the fertility, and he wants to help childless couples, and he does so with his beloved rabbits. He finds out that uh, it's being used by the military to try and get uh, super soldiers that breed in the field. Um, things go awry. He is uh, hits an accident. He is turned into the evil Rotten Tail, and he goes back on a uh, killing spree to his hometown of Easter Falls. Um, Easter Falls, I love just, it. You know, it's <laughs> completely ridiculous stuff. And uh, the arts by Kurt Belcher, who's a wonderful artist, and uh, uh, did some really great work with this. And a sixty-page graphic novel, complete story, it's one and done. Uh, and oh, it's uh, a one and done. Nice. And, uh, the uh, Shoreline District really liked it, so they signed that one on. That's part of the slate. We start shooting end of this year uh, for release next year. Hopefully, domestically, it's going to be a Sci-Fi Channel release. That's what I'm shooting for. Oh my God, that's awesome! Yeah, that's yeah. what I really want. Uh, I mean, oh, I can't wait to watch Rotten Tail on Sci-Fi. Oh, so cool. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's that's really cool. And uh, um, it's doing really well. So a son of Rotten Tail is in the works. That's dope. That's perfect for sci-fi, dude. Why? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, if they could do four Sharknados. Uh, yeah. Put the fucking put David's movie on there. Come on. What are you doing? Sci-fi. They don't got the highest standards at all. So. <laughs> they don't. <But> it's, it's, <laughs> they have, they have, sci-fi literally has no standards. Like sci-fi, that channel is just like. That's the beauty. We of it. will throw anything on here. <laughs> We'll throw shit on here, and you're going to watch. I think the standard for sci-fi is to actually have no standards. That, that's exactly. Yeah. It all went out the door when they decided to spell sci-fi S-Y-F-Y instead of going S-C-I-F-I no, like they I, used to. I think it's the best thing they could have done because it is complete pablum. It really is. Yeah, that, yeah. Those movies are so – you know, when I've got Debbie Gibson and, and you know, uh, God, who was the snake eater? Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo Lamas and Debbie <laughs> Gibson are fighting giant mecha sharks. Come on. Awesome. Sci-fi used to kind of do play up the like sci-fi angle and do like shows about shit like that, but now they're just like, fuck it. We don't give a fuck. You know what killed them? ECW. When they started airing wrestling on the sci-fi channel. Oh yeah, the re- when they do it in wrestling? Oh, yeah. they were put Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I remember that episode because uh I remember I remember knowing about ECW as a wrestling fan in the 90s and uh I was like, oh, I'll check out the ECW's back. I'll check it out. And then the first episode, they brought out like a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, like, brought, oh. they brought out a mummy because they were on sci fi. And then this guy came out and hit him with like a kendo stick. Yeah. And it was like, over and over again. What is going on? It was, the, it was a zombie, I think. And it was oh, the ECW zombie. Okay. zombie. And this guy, to this day, books himself on uh, independent shows as the ECW zombie. That's amazing. I think Joe Brony should take him down. Fuck that guy. I think Joe Brony oh, Joe should Brony. do what to that guy? <laughs> take him down. <laughs> take him down. Humble him. Humble that guy. Oh, no. There Humble you, that guy. There you go. Show him, show him that he shouldn't be doing things like this. <laughs> no, I see Joe Brony would have ECW zombie. Yeah, yeah, you would lose. Uh, so then the yeah, zombie would, worst, would reign worst supreme. wrestler ever. They Sci-Fi had, there was a great show called Continuum. Yeah. It was like a legit time travel science fiction show from Canada or something. It was really good. I love that show. They had some good stuff. Yeah, they had some good stuff, and they surrounded with uh, Mega Shock Tripod. Like Haven was yeah, a good well, yeah, it's like if you, if you saw that Haven, one. right? Yeah. 
Why do they do this? Well, whatever. Who cares, right? It's not wonder, our channel. I wonder what they're trying to position themselves as. They're making money. Anymore. Who cares? The, the yeah, people are tuning into Sharknado. Like, and I, I really I appreciate Sharknado because what it does is it's uh, it's opening people's minds to to the to the B movie. You know, you don't need you know your your huge blockbuster stuff. You know, maybe you're going to find the same amount of entertainment value as you would in in Ian Zaring or Ian or whatever the hell his name is. In Sharknado, as you would in some major, you know, Transformers movie, you're going to get the same entertainment value out of it, and for all the same reasons because we know that Transformers sucks. It's put together by a moron, and it's all about explosions. No, I can't, <laughs> I I can't watch any of those because I don't know where their face is and where their robot asshole is because it all looks the same. <laughs> like it's just annoying. I think they just replaced. Yeah, I didn't know you. I didn't know you could. I didn't know you could do steady cam on CGI. <laughs> or not steady cam, uh, shaky, shaky cam. cam. Sorry, shaky, shaky cam. cam on CGI. You're like this isn't even real. Why, Wait, why is, is it so shaky? Why is it asshole? so shaky? Right. <laughs> so There's you, nothing going on in front of you. That's a good point. <laughs> Set the computer program to documentary style. Go. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking filters. But look, I think Anthony, is it unfair to compare some of? I'd like one of the great things about the B movies, like Godzilla movies, in a way, is that mm. it shows people. That you can make these fun movies and create them yourself. It's such low budget, especially these days of After Effects. Like I like the fact that when it, it compared to Godzilla, movies. but even Godzilla <laughs> is going to inspire people to like, hey, make a costume, film some shit. Right. You have After Effects. Just because you, you have to remember though, Godzilla still has like a million dollar budget. Well, like yeah, people don't have a million dollars lying right. around. And remember, there's there's yeah. still some crap too. I mean, as, as crappy as all the movies I've done are. Except for if you like Bloody Bloody Bible Camp's really good, and there's some there's some good ones in there. I I like to poke fun at myself, but what about the nearest one? Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's that's actually pretty well done. It's called A Man Called Nereus, and uh, it's a it's a science fiction. I like to call it a metaphysical action road comedy, and it's it's really it's a heavy heavy picture uh, dealing with. It starts out you know really as a uh, sort of a snatch and grab um, autistic guy crime drama. Uh, and devolves into the or evolves into this uh, wonderful, you know, higher level metaphysical plane of existence, sort of, uh, you know, high end sci fi, which uh, is really kind of cool. I play Nereus, who, um, by all, for all intents and purposes, is is an autistic guy that is incredibly good with numbers, and people think that he can uh, help them when they're when they're betting and things, but it's he's he's much 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 more. That, yeah, I, I watched the trailer. Uh, you played the brain. It reminded me of a, a pie, like Darren Aronofsky's pie, a little bit. It's yeah. If, if you if you smashed pie together with like um, if pie and uh, the God is Dead comic from Avatar. Okay. If you, if you smush those together, or anything where we're dealing with you know um, higher beings and their motivations and why. Then, then you'll get Nereus. Yeah, that 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 one seemed interesting. So, uh, listener, for you, I will have links in the show notes of this episode. Check out his website, Source Point Press. Pick up the Rot. Is uh, are all three issues out of the Rot, or is it uh, no? Not yet. Two? So First Point Press is the publisher, um, and uh, the the first two issues of the Rot are out. Number three will be out very soon, uh, and Rotten Tail is out completely. I've got a and, couple other books okay. through them. Uh, Scorn is I'll, one. If you want to check that out. That's a revenge tale set in Chicago, which Ooh. is uh, a lot of fun. Um, but uh, my website is davidchays.com where you can see trailers and all kinds of things. 
Dude, listener, you got to check out all the stuff Definitely. this guy does. Awesome. Let me ask you one last question, just in the case yeah. of you've produced a lot of these B-movies. Uh, you've been uh, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, it seems. For someone maybe out there who kind of wants to get into this and, and start making their own stuff, what, uh, what, what kind of advice would you give them? Where do you want to focus your efforts? You want to focus your efforts on getting on a set and learning. Learn, 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 learn. Because you can, anyone can buy a camera. Anyone can make up some fake blood, and anyone can shoot a shitty movie in their backyard. Um, and they, you know, it's been done, uh, and I've been a part of those. But also, you know, when you want something to resonate, you, you have a story to tell. Every movie has a story to tell. The crappiest B movie can have a really great message, uh, and it yeah. starts with that. So, you know, the free part, the free part about all these movies. That's what kills me about Michael Bay and his crap is that it's really. In, in context of making a film, the story is free. Having yeah. a really good narrative with a message and a theme and structurally sound and... and that doesn't know, cost anything. It costs nothing except time, research, and a little bit of effort to learn a craft. And if you're not willing to yeah. do that little bit of effort to learn that craft, get the hell away from me. I, you know, you, you're, you are polluting my industry by, by being lazy, you know. So my shittiest movie Absolutely, has a yeah. great story and a message. Sorry. I mean, that you know, you're right because, you know, you think of like your Zack Snyder's and your Michael Bay's where it's uh, they are focusing on the money, shiny uh, subs, uh, style part and there's no goddamn story right. to hold any of it up. Right, and then they're not mutually exclusive. You can have that. Right. You can, you can, you really can. You can have all the explosions and the shinies. You know, a really good example of this is I think Abrams' Star Trek reboot. Ah, yeah, intriguing yeah. story. The character is there. Yeah. Great message. Nice character development. It's shiny. It's explosions. There's aliens. There's lasers. You know, uh, you can see something like Star it's more Trek explosions Troopers. than it's more explosions than normal, even for Star yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and stuff like Starship Troopers, which is one gigantic, huge message about you yeah. know about fascism and and what we're willing to yep. do and how we perceive things in the media, wrapped up in this awesome alien bug war and if yeah, all you're in it is from the alien bug war you win you get you get yes, death and right. destruction but when you get and you're still getting the message yeah right mutually exclusive so you know you have your crappy movie that's like i wrote a novel called cannibal fat camp it is exactly what i say it is it's about a kids in a fat <laughs> camp that turned into cannibals I'm sorry. That just it took a second to register. Yeah, no. That, right when you said like, it, I was like, "Wait, wait what did he cannibal, just say? Did he just cannibal say cannibal fat camp? Yeah, that's, uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. that's what he said. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's filled with you know, you know, fat kid sex and violence and eating one another. It's absolutely horrible. Oh, but it's about great. It's about body image. <laughs> and Ron, you'd you be at right at home. Yeah, <laughs> I I would be dessert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think I think this is important for there's tons of independent filmmakers. I think we're going to see another rise of independent filmmakers with the big studios not giving a fuck what the little guy wants to do anymore. I, I actually agree with that just because the the studios right now are all they care about is making billions. Ten poles. Everything yeah. is a ten pole. Everything is yeah. a goddamn franchise. franchise yep. If there's not a big name, they don't want it. So this is great advice because a lot of cats are going to be like, I think you're going to see a lot of cool independents. Yes. And I'm so excited. Another great example for me is uh, Clerks. I'll go back to Clerks all day long. This movie has the worst lighting, the worst editing, the worst sound mixing, yep. the worst like acting. film grit. It's the fucking the worst acting. 
It is the most rewatchable movie. It's the fucking funniest thing. You miss jokes. You have to watch it multiple times. Why? Because the writing saves the whole thing. And if you have a good writing, you can have the shittiest production and it's the, the film will be wonderful. It, 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 it may, maybe not wonderful, but it'll be resonant. Well, and that's what you really it'll want. Be re- it is resonant. You, 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 want, yeah. you want something to stand the test of time. What we call it, everyone throws around the term cult classic nowadays like it's going out of business. But a true cult classic is something that survives the test of time. You know, you see John Waters' early stuff is, is shit. It is made horribly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like uh, I found this camera. Hey, there's some film left in it. I don't know. Let's shoot a porno. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of how it yeah. started out. But but the message Pretty is much. so resonant. It's still it's still with us. You know, we see. Um, and then when you when you add a little bit of craftsmanship like that, so that kind of indie attitude, that that resonant story where you're doing you're doing your hard work in the writing process, and you add a little bit of craft to it, you could Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Look, and I love these superhero movies, but I'm I want to see some risks being taken somewhere. And if it's going to be the independent film market, then the show That's where it, it always has been. You know, once we left the 70s and, and the studios gave up on the risks, you know, because The Godfather, huge risk. Yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. Jaws, massive risk. Yeah. Halloween, massive risk. And these massive risks turned into tentpoles. Yeah. Because they're no longer risks anymore. We've right. figured that out. Um, and then the, the do-it-yourselfers in the 90s completely flooded the market with, with backyard crap. Uh, that that really kind of put the, the indie film um, uh, market on download. So the, the concept of B movie took over. Really, instead of the, instead of the the second half of a drive-in, which is what the B movie started out to be, oh. these became really B level movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how it started. Uh, even huh? if, you know, like B sides. Yeah, yeah. You had your A movie and your B movie. Ah, and uh, even though in the sixties and seventies, you're working on film. You don't have digital. You're working with real lights. You're, you're having you ha- even a, 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 an incredibly low budget film is half a million dollars because of all the stuff costs so much money and to actually get a piece an image to to be uh, on a piece of film you have to have some level of craftsmanship to to actually make that show up on film and then process it and edit it with tape and razor blades there has to be some level of competency we don't need that now no now anyone could can shoot something on, on with their phone yeah cut it together yeah. with their phone, yeah. you know, and throw yeah. it up there. And, and so same thing with self-publishing books where a lot of people are having to weed themselves through a bunch of shit to find those gems, but those gems are there. And I think Netflix is helping in that regard. Hulu's helping in that regard. There's a market now where you can go and you can stream a movie and, and you can see some wonderful gems out there in the world ready with great stories. I just watched one uh, the other day that had no clue existed called creep. Creep. All right. Two people yeah. in the movie. There's only two people. It's uh, it's shot found footage style, which you know I'm not a big fan of, but they make it work, which is cool. And uh, it's it's a character study in in stalking and and paranoia, and really really well done. Never they, they would get a release. It, if it made it to Walmart, it'd be in one of those forty packs. Where you know? did you? Uh, in, where is this available? Netflix. I just watch on Netflix. Oh, it is on Netflix. Yeah, and though, this just looks interesting. Uh, 2014, it says, when a videographer answers a Craigslist ad for a one-day job in a remote mountain town, he finds his client is not at all what he initially seems. Right, Ooh, wait, written, directed, and starring uh, the same guy, Patrick Bryce. It's a one-man yep. thing with another guy, Mark Dupont. Yeah. Actually, the other guy helped write the story. That's fantastic. 
And I usually don't recommend the written, starred, produced, directed by stuff, you know, because, you know, there's only one Clint Eastwood, really, you know, one Orson Welles. Yeah. Uh, But this, you know, I think this is for, um, it's intimate, which I think makes it work. And I think these two guys develop these characters and these stories together, or this particular story, and, and it works. It works because um, they, I think that they've been working on this for quite some time as, a, as a, probably a passion project. I love uh, when uh, I guess we'll turn us on to something cool. Yeah, listen, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Creep, it's two guys, and it's all, it's. Uh, I love stuff like that. I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, and, you yeah. know, here's to more independent content creation. There, and, yeah, you know, sure. the, there's just it, – it's just the same with podcasts. There's a lot of noise out there, and we're adding to the noise. Right. <laughs> we're throwing all this crap out there <laughs> for free. But you got to find it. You got you got people gotta you are, and, and got to find it. You guys are doing a really great job. You know, I've I've listened to your stuff, and Aww. you're bringing on your family guests. You're asking great questions. You're entertaining, and that's you know the sad part is that your podcast is going to be in line with you know thirty other guys that are just sitting there and they're mumbling through something, Absolutely. and yeah. you're talking about how cool you know Gail Godot's boobs are, and that's <laughs> it. They just sit there and you know, blow loads good, on though. each other's faces for they're all right. Hour. Yeah, I mean that's so. Again, it's uh, digging through no, the noise. You, you to don't find have, you don't gem. have to tell us the show is awesome. It, oh, that's it, so it, nice. It, it sucks. It, the show sucks dick. It does. It's terrible. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, but it's I heard really it. good at it. Yes, it's good. and that that's is talented. the nerd. that's the jock and nerd uh, style right there. <laughs> that's the, the Golden Gag Reflex Award. Hell that's yeah. uh, David, man. Thank you so much for your time. This has been so great. We're glad we could deep throat you for a little bit. <laughs> yes, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Doesn't take much, so you, know, you guys are that good. <laughs> Listener, check out all his links. It'll be in the show notes. Buy his comic book. Go find the movies. David's great. And uh dude, anytime you want to come back on to promote anything or just hang out. Or hang out with us. Yes, bullshit, you can definitely can hang. We you know, uh you're more than welcome, sir. Well, dude, come by and visit uh, Days of the Dead in Chicago. We're gonna be in Schaumburg in uh, November. Oh, there's a we'll uh, have there's to keep an in appearance. Touch. Yeah. Let's I don't know, it's, it one real of the, quick. it's one of the burbs. Days of the Dead, come see Elvira. It's a is this, so it's like a horror convention. It is cool. Yeah, we'll have to uh, maybe we'll have to go uh, out Wait, there. Wait, the uh, Elvira will be there. I don't. know. Yeah, I think, it, dude. I think you know, oh my god, he's so young. The last in costume appearance, too, I believe, ever. Oh, yeah, it's at the Chicago Schomburg Marriott. All right. Uh, well, maybe maybe it'll be a uh, well. We'll pencil that in as a date. Where's the date here? Oh, November 18th to 20th. You asshole. It's right on the <laughs> it's top. It's right on top. Uh, right on, dude. We love, you know what? We I like going to conventions we don't usually go to. We recently went to a G-Fan, the Godzilla convention. I had never been. Uh, if you listen to that episode, I kind of caused a little bit of havoc and broke some <laughs> shit unintentionally. It's pretty <laughs> funny and awkward to listen to. But I like, like being exposed. And I think this could be... This could be fun to go to. I've never been to a horror convention. Dude, we got to thank David again for his time. And uh, uh, check out the the show notes, jockernerd.com slash 124 by The Rot. He's just our type of guy. Just he really guy is. That just fits in the whole uh, jock and nerd crew family. We're definitely going to have to have him on. Yeah. yeah. The guy could geek out uh, and hang with the best of them. Yeah, for sure. But that was a lot of fun. Listener, this is a part of our review segment of the show. We wanted to review that, like we said at the beginning, the night of. It's not a comic book show. It's no. on HBO. It's a limited miniseries. So has nothing to do with comic books, 
But the show is fucking amazing. It's so good that we have to talk about it's it. It's so compelling. And the reason we're doing this now is it's, it's Saturday, the night before the season finale, the eighth episode. Well, I want to tease. I wanna, Series finale. I want to credit someone. Okay. Andrew Gildy turned us on yes, to this. Yes, this is where this started. And Which it, you can listen to our Patreon-only episode with Andrew Gildy where we talk about, I believe we talk about this show on that. But he turned us on to this. He, I think that was the show that he's like, have you guys heard of this? And he, the setup was the pitch. We talked, we recommended it before. Uh, real quick, before we start, do we want to set up what the show is again, Anthony? Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's basically a Pakistani guy, uh, nerdy sort of guy. Looks like he uh, he's never done anything cool in his life. Gets a, st- takes his dad's cab out for a night. Girl gets in it. She's crazy. He bangs her. He falls asleep. He wakes up. She's fucking stabbed to death. And then it just deals with him getting caught, jail life, the, the fallout from for his parents, uh, the role attorneys play in this, the role detectives play in the this. The criminal justice system. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's more than meets the eye. Oh, man. It's really good. The cast is great. And, you know, I think we'll start with the cast. But I want to mention, it's, of course, like all good TV in America. It's based on a British TV show. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's, uh, this is, and the show is in cooperation with BBC and HBO, but the, the TV series it's based on ran from 2008, 2009. It was called Criminal Justice. Mm-hmm. It actually featured a white guy in the lead. And uh, Riz Ahmed, the guy who plays Nas, and James Gandolfini were originally trying to get the show off the ground for a long time, for like five years. HBO had passed on this initially because they pitched it as an open-ended show. And Riaz Ahmed, who's Nas, he actually pushed to make it a pet. Because he's like, I guess in criminal justice, it's a cab driver. He's like, if you're this show is about a cab driver in New York City, it's going to have to be a Pakistani dude. Right. You know? Uh, it's so, show, the show works better. I mean, it works really well. As isn't it, that interesting? With, Pakistan, right? with, with the state of affairs in America right now. Yes. It works a lot. It works really well. Absolutely. With a Pakistani, a Muslim in that role. Yeah. yeah. So Gandolfini uh, was originally going to play the John Stone lawyer character. And now that's John Turturro. Yes. So when they finally picked up the series and they agreed, the reason HBO agreed, they're like, let's make it a mini series, not an open-ended series. Uh, Gandolfini died a month later. Hmm. Briefly, De Niro was attached to play Stone, and then Tertoro himself, he didn't have to audition. He showed interest, they wanted him, boom, and fucking hell. He's killing it. Let's just start with what we like about the cast. Right. Uh, well, I mean, John Tertoro, obviously, is killing it, play, having the fucking eczema. I mean, that, that whole subplot, with, and then with the cat, being allergic to the cat, and falling in love with the cat, and his libido. I mean, there's so, his character is so... It's like, he's slimy, because you know, like, he gets connected with Nas, and everyone's like, oh, congrats, man. And he, you know that like he's just in it for the money, but then there's another part of him that's like actually cares, sort of. It's the sad sack lawyer, and yeah, yeah usually you know he's, his life is not that great. No, because he's he's bailing out hookers and then later like paying them to come over as right. payment for you know getting him out of jail. Right. And the judge is like, "Hey, this guy, uh, you know somebody, You're right place, right time." Right. And uh, Tara's like, "Right place, right time." Just like, "Oh, good for you, right. good for you." Plus the eczema bit. There's so much character in that. It's amazing. And I was so happy he goes and tries different medicines every episode. And finally, the Eastern Chinese weird shit actually works. Yeah, right. It totally reminded me of like uh, you know growing up in Vitiligo. My parents tried all sorts of things from 
the you know UV uh, light treatments, Western medicine to homeopathic shit. Like at one point, I remember like I had to eat these black little. They look like black Rice Krispies, but you were supposed to crush them and dissolve them in water, and they fucking tasted horrible. That was rat turd. It probably it looked like rat turds. It did nothing. <laughs> like we almost went to Thailand to meet with like a homeopathic. Really, dude. They, they, yes. they thought they could like stop it. Yeah, we tried. Dude, we tried everything. Stop it, reverse it, and it that brought back memories to me. The other thing that really I can relate to the show is Riz Ahmed's whole situation. I mean, being Pakistani immigrant. Uh, you. you uh... American. You got any dead bodies in your closet? What are you no. saying here? It's just funny how I should be going through a lot of like this bias to Muslims, and I'm not. You're not and because you're white. Because I'm completely white yeah. with a straight beard, yeah. where I still get compliments every day. But they do, the, do you dye your beard? No, the, yeah, <laughs> people sometimes they think it's natural. Sometimes they think I dye it. No, Riz Ahmed's been killing it. Um, the first few episodes, he like has played like he was playing like this lost puppy. You had this like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. He's stuck in this terrible situation. And now he's kind of morphed into this, like, oh, my God, this guy has a lot of demons, and he is kind of dark. Yeah, he, that's crazy. And he's been crazy affected by, like, all the racist Muslim stuff that's happened to him in his life. I mean, one of the lessons I learned in this is if you are booked for a crime, whether you did it or not, the truth is irrelevant. It will Fuck up your life. And if you go to someplace like Rikers and you weren't a criminal going in, you're going to be a fucking criminal walking out of there because it, they're showing us how to survive in here is to turn into a convict. Basically. I mean, everyone's talking about, so this is episode seven that yeah. we've seen. There's seven episodes we've seen. Eight is coming out tomorrow, which is Sunday, uh, August 28th. Everyone's talking about who did it. And no clue it. as to... Yeah, anywhere getting near that. That well, I mean, they've set it up well. Whereas, like, there's a bunch of people that could have done it. You know, the, the hearse driver, uh, her stepfather, her stepfather, Dwayne uh, Reed, Dwayne Reed, <laughs> Nas maybe did it. Maybe Nas maybe did blacked it. out and did it. But I think the real issue here is the real thing that people should focus on. I, I'm going to be obviously. I want to see who did it. But the real uh, moral of this is that. These people are fighting for their life to get this guy out, and the guy that they think they want out is not going to be the guy that comes out if he if he's innocent. Because if he comes out of jail, he's a totally different person oh, yeah. than that, the person that, that came in. That Nas is no longer exists. He is a different Nas, or a, a part of Nas has been touched that is now blossomed into a, a crazy motherfucker. So you think he has darkness in him, or is it more like everybody kind of has a little bit of this darkness and that's what it's representing? Or it's more his character, I think like, it's his character. to throw us off? I know, I think it's his his situation, being a Muslim, growing up shortly after 9-11 in New York City. And oh, we should have, but did we do spoilers for this? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> There's not really any spoilers, though. The no. show's not, I mean, we... Everyone, everyone's wondering who did it. That's the main spoiler. Well, I mean, this show, like this summer, along with Stranger Things, this is the water cooler show. And yeah, the hook is a whodunit. Right. Uh, and everyone but has it's a more theory. than that. It, it is because it's really clever how they show you everything but the murder. Right. Right. And but then they even show you in detail the investigation, the minutia of it, stuff you don't really see. So is this show really about the identity of the killer? Do we even really want that? If we didn't get it, is it satisfying enough to be kind of uh, uh, showing you the criminal justice system and how stuff works? Or would I, I think the show? I mean, they need to tell us who killed it. Do they? That you think is absolutely I, necessary? Because at the end of the day, there's all this other stuff. That, but the main premise is who did it, right? That's that's the that's the hook. Is 
oh fuck, who did that? Yeah, who actually brutally murdered? But it's chick. so much more. Like, but, we but said. they've layered it with you know Muslim identity and and. Muslim, you know, and, and and friends turning on each other, like his Nas's dad, yeah, and, and they own the cab, the cab yep. and and the, the detective system, or the criminal justice system, and and Box, Detective Box, and his what he's going through. Like, there's a lot going on here. And Box is not fully convinced either. He's retiring, but I, you could tell he's like, there's something, there's something I'm missing. Right. Uh, and the, you know, it's just so awesome how they they link everything up with the cat and the broken door and the pictures. And again, the one thing nobody's addressed is when he wakes up in that first episode, he's at the kitchen unconscious. There's no blood on him anywhere. That is a bloody crime scene. I'm really heavily leaning that it's the stepfather. I got one out of left field. He may know he knew how to get in because they showed you that the door was open. He could have slept in. You wouldn't see the guy there. All right. Who do you think? Nas's brother. Oh, snap. I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I'm thinking that the way they've set it up, it's they've set up four people. It's almost, it's like, it's, it's too so obvious. obvious. It's so obvious. Like it has to be one of these four that like someone out of left field. I feel like a TV, like TV shows do this all the time. Cause there was that random ass shot of Nas's brother spray painting yes. lockers with a red streak. And I don't know why they threw that in there, but this show is too smart to just throw random That's things. That's a good point because like the, they're also doing the, the the red herring where they're showing us. You yeah, know, and he was the guy that woke up uh, the parents and was like, Nas isn't home. But he did he but know he, where but, he, but he, he knew was, he was going to a party. Yeah. He Ooh. was asleep. I mean, they played it like he was asleep, but who knows? Maybe. Uh, I, the, you know, the bits that they show that Nas like pushed that guy down the stairs in high school and threw a can like backlash from 9-11. Like, well, even the, the look where... Uh, Nas's friend he is smiled on, at him. Well, no, he was on trial. Yeah, or on uh, on the stand. Yeah, and he like not. He shakes his head like you fucked up. Why did you tell him that? He's like, don't go there. And yeah, he goes there. He goes there. And he's like, you son of a bitch. God damn, it's so good. The way the show is shot is great. It's it's, it's great. acted magnificently. Uh, I think there's a crazy theory out there that uh, Stone Totoro did it somehow. The we- the weirdest thing. The only thing that makes the show that kind of uh, threw me off or made me go ah crap. Was the the lawyer making out with the Indian lawyer? Making oh, out with let's Nas. talk about that. First of all, Chandra, holy shit, she's smoking hot, she's dude. Very Those cute. eyes, they like they're so beautiful and so big. Yeah. But that part, I I felt I don't know what was going on there. I was I like, like the juxtaposition of her him making out with her and then him being that innocent guy making out with the uh, last time he kissed Andrea. the girl yeah. was before all this. And it was Andrea, right? Uh, yes, yeah. and it was kind of like that last episode was triggering the whole first episode in different ways. There's a little bit of like, some of it is really stupid. Like I was really mad. I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Why are you kissing him? Also the first episode I was yelling at the television. Cause Nas was just making stupid decisions. The second half, I was like, what are you doing? No, why'd you take the knife? Right. What? Stop. Just tell them what happened. What the fuck are you waiting for? But then she kisses him, right? That stuff. The all other part that really bugs me is the fucking passing the drugs from that dude's mom's uh, crotch and him swallowing oh. it in front of everyone in the waiting room. Uh, nobody are the guards paid off is that what we're supposed to assume they know this is going on I they mean Freddie could way. easily could have paid the guards Freddie's great Michael uh, yeah, Michael K. Good. Williams he's cool holy shit he's kind of like his mentor in jail uh, so I mean the big question is, is who did it and will the cat show up in court will the cat, <laughs> you know the cat could be a part of it like this cat uh, got out showing that this door is open what's the cat got to say about this I don't know don't Let's know. can we have the cat yeah and just to see what happens to Nas, I don't even know if the killer's identity, like, for them to, 
ah, it would anger everyone. For them to really throw a curveball is we don't find out. Oh, for sure. That would anger everybody is they, they don't even make it about the They leave it like open-ended and imply, mm, and they I do, don't know. And, they just, and it's more a show about it doesn't matter who the killer's identity is. This this kid just got ruined, and his, now he, yeah, now yeah. he's basically yeah. a killer. His, yeah, he's a killer for a crime he didn't commit. Dude, out. I felt so bad for his dad when they were doing the negotiation for the cab. And well, his dad is the only one that believes him. Yeah, Even that's his interesting. His mom, he thinks his mom doesn't believe him, and the, his partner is like, "This guy's like, this is half my cab. You can't do this." He goes, "Your son is you know." He goes, "You are the father of a killer." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, dude, that's brutal." That's and his mom isn't even just gets up and walks out. Fuck, so great. There's a couple of crazy. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how they. Uh, how do you wrap, wrap this, this up? up? Yeah. One episode a lot of left. Loose threads and it seems like this trial's been moving at a real snail's pace. So highly, uh, highly recommended though. Check it out. There's a couple of cool hip hop connections I wanted to shout out. Did you know that Riz Ahmed, he's actually a rapper. I knew that. Yeah, right, yeah. named Riz. Uh, what is it? Riz MC or something? Riz MC and uh, I watched this video. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's called Englistan, which is so great. You know, combination of England and Pakistan, and it's just about you know growing up in in England. It's, uh, it's there's a lot of Pakis. There's a lot of Pakis in England to the point where there's a movie where you're going to the town Bradford and uh, somebody spray painted over and it says Bradistan. Like nice. they've just taken over. So he's not bad, dude. Uh, Riz Hammond's not a bad he was also in this awesome movie called Four Lions it's an independent movie about four bumbling packies English packies who want to be terrorists but they just suck they can't they like blow up a cow by accident they that's, can't get their shit to, they're, but yeah it's, uh, it's like a dark comedy but it's really good he was really good in it also Sticky Fingers from Onyx plays an inmate and Lord Jamar Brand Nubian. Well, I love Brand Nubian. He's a prison guard. So cool. Uh, good soundtrack. I mean, the music's good. The scoring's good. It's just a great fucking show. Yeah, I highly recommend you guys watch. This. Uh, I just got hooked. You know, and it's only eight episodes. So the fact that this is a miniseries, will it get picked up? Will they do another one? It'll be very interesting. I don't know. But posthumously, you know, Gandolfini's kind of project gets to see light, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, so good for him. Okay, I got a couple of podcast guest appearances. I got to shout out. Just posted today is the episode of Trivia Geeks Podcast, number 34. Uh, I signed up. Uh, the, it's a really fun show. Uh, they, they have two people battle. I battled this writer. He was in South Africa. Dave oh, uh, Dave DeBerg. North Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. Dude, he was literally sitting in South Africa three in the morning while we were recording this. He was really cool, though. He's a paranormal investigator also, kind okay. of like Jeff Hillier. And, and, you, and you didn't... Whoop this guy's ass in a trivia contest about geek shit? Uh, you got to listen because it's actually pretty good. So each of us are teamed up with a member on the show and it goes back and forth. It's a good back and forth competition. Like he's winning, I'm winning, and it has a shocking ending. And I'll tell you what, listener, listen to it because you're going to want to give me shit at the end for the shocking finale. All right. I will leave it at that. Trivia Geeks podcast. Link in the show notes. Also got a shout out to... An old school hip hop podcast I've started to listen to. We've played their promo. They're called Mr. Throwback Thursday. It's two dudes. Nice. Bill and Jamie. And it's a lot like this show. They read hip hop news. They have a couple of segments. They geek out, but they just geek out about old school hip hop. And I fucking love it That's cool. uh, because they talk about a lot of bands that I like. And I may have invaded their podcast a little bit uh, via the speak pipe. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've been out like three weeks in a row. Oh, my God. Look. They, I, look, here's the thing. We have a speak pipe. You dirty fan Go to jockadir.com. Leave us a message. We ask people to leave messages. I got to do the same for other podcasts. Here's the thing. Never leave me an open speak pipe. Let me tell you what. I'll <laughs> blow that shit up. 
So three weeks in a row, the guys have been really you nice. talking? Oh, my God. <laughs> I might give it a rest for the next one. But I'll have a link to them in the show notes. If you like old school hip hop at all, uh, you will love the show. They do interviews, uh, reviews. They wrote us a review. They wrote us a review. That's the next segue. We have a new iTunes I'll review. read this because okay. you talk too much. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Please so, take a, help me out here. Five-star review from Mr. Throws, Throwback Thursday uh, on August 22nd. Thank you. Podcasting is a narrow cast format, so a comic podcast will initially draw in comic readers new and old. When your hosts cause the show to rise above the narrow cast and become much more broadcast, you've done something special. Anthony and Ron have grown their show to reach people that aren't just comic fans, well done, gentlemen. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Wowie zowie. Dude, well, how Thanks, awesome. That's an awesome review. And you know and, what? And that is what we're trying to do. That We've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that a number of times. We've heard we've heard, and we appreciate it every time when someone says, I'm not a fan of comics, but I enjoy your show. How many times have people been like, it's so entertaining and I don't even read comic books right. or follow you, the shit. That's great. That's you know, awesome. They say the riches are in the niches, but this is where this is going. The riches are with the bitches. The, and the bitches are in yeah, the niches. So yeah. you got to get the niches bitches to yeah. get the riches. But like this is what the show's become. If you become. mess with the wrong bitches, you will get stitches. <laughs> Bitch, I will cut you. Yeah. Oh shit! Look, if this is what people are responding, they see this is what we're gonna go for. I love it. It also made me think. Well, of- our last show was not about comics at all. If you uh, <laughs> check that out, listen. Look, occasionally we you gotta you gotta get freaky. We gotta get a little freaky. And sometimes. we did yeah. very explicit, fun sex talk with Billy Presida, yeah. Man Whore podcast. But it made me think about. Have you seen? Remember we talked about Kevin Smith, Greg Gunberg. We're gonna get. A TV show, kind of like their podcast. You're like about to pop an artery. It's called, listen, this this is why. It's on AMC. It's called Geeking Out. Yeah, I've seen that show. I saw a couple of episodes. I don't like it. It's okay. I don't like it. It's got the same kind of AMC, like uh, multiple angles and cuts. It's it's overproduced. Very very produced. Very flashy. It it reminds me of um, those Entertainment Tonight shows. Yeah, like, or Access Hollywood. Like a comic book book Access Hollywood. The other thing I thought, though, Anthony, if we had access to your fucking J.J. Abrams and Jeff Loeb's, that's the show. It's our show. Look, I don't want to brag and just be like, because I'm first to self-deprecate this pile of shit, but... I was like, this is the show. This, we're doing the same show. We can easily do the same shit. We're having as much fun. It's got a broad appeal. And after this review, made it all TV? click. Yes. Okay, that's, that's what you're getting to. I'm just saying Geek It Out is okay. <laughs> uh, again, it may have been like a couple years past its prime, but that's a good call. It's a geek version of Access Hollywood. It is. It's just a little producer. I wish they would just settle down. Give me a two shot of you guys. Like, I like his Fat Man on Batman yeah. YouTube videos. Well, I, I just don't think this... The podcast stuff that we enjoy isn't ever going to work on a 30-minute TV show with 22 <laughs> minutes of actual content and eight minutes. Of and they're talking from while the opening and end credits are still going. Like, they shove a lot in. But there was – the, he had a really great conversation with uh, Charlie Cox on the rooftop. Very enlightening stuff about, like, the hallway scene and how most of that wasn't him. Of course. You know, and he was – but he started it and he came back. And uh, a lot of good bits on Daredevil. Like the content is great, and you could just see Kevin Smith talking with his hands a lot, like more than even I do. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid he's gonna poke somebody in the eye, but yeah, it's all right. I I enjoy it for the actual information, like because Jeff Loeb was talking about some shit, and they were giving him shit, but it's so fucking cutty, jump cutty all over the place. Yeah, I agree. But thanks for the reviews, uh, definitely, listener. If you want to uh, leave us an awesome review, we'll read it on the show. Just go to slash review It takes you right to our iTunes page. You can subscribe, hit up the five stars, 
and you will be Runboy approved. And now we are Mr. Throwback Thursday approved. I love it. What if you've never listened to this show and you don't know who the fuck Rugboy is? Why would you want his approval? Well, because he's got a funny voice. Okay. There. You yeah, know? That, that's why you want that. <laughs> he's got a funny voice. Then you, then you want a funny voice guy approval. Yes, for sure. Like we mentioned our Patreon, the Andrew Gildy had an episode. Uh, check out our, uh, it's our, like, a, my membership fan club. Yeah. It's like an exclusive membership fan club where you get bonus content. You can ask us questions on a lockdown feed. Yeah. There's whole episodes, outtakes. It's all at jockander.com slash Patreon. Yeah, if you like what you're listening to, there's no reason not to go on Patreon and give us some change because we can fucking use it to help uh, run this show. Keeps the show running. And if you want to like physically support us and show people you're a fan, go to jogginner.com slash shop. We get, you can wear a t-shirt or a hoodie or a bandana or drink out of a water bottle with our logo on it. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch, jockinner.com slash contact. You can email us, tweet at us, Facebook. We're on everything, bitches. Uh, send us a speak pipe. I love playing speak pipes. That's why I'm sending them. I'm trying to show their listeners. Look, it's this easy. And if you don't, this asshole from Jock and Air Podcast is going to continue to send speak pipes. I felt like that's what the subtext was. They didn't actually say that on the show. <laughs> they're No, they're really nice guys. Yeah. I love that show. And I love you, listener. The last thing we got to tell you. Just tell a friend. Tell a fucking friend. Find a jock or a nerd. This time, let's find a jock. We've told all the nerds. Every episode after episode. Go to a football practice, high school football practice. Yeah. Give him one of these. Jock and nerd. Uh, you might get beat up. That's, Maybe. Jocks do that, don't they? Uh, I, that's what they say. Anthony, go to Las Vegas, and when you leave from Vegas here, I want you to just give him Jock and nerd. one of these when you land in Vegas out loud. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Look, listener, we got to wrap it up. Uh, the jock has a red eye to Vegas. Now connecting flights. Uh, this, is all, this, this is 50-50 chance. Uh, oh, he's going. Uh, we'll see. You need to go and bring us back some stories. Uh, thanks for hanging out. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll hear you next time. Who cares? A jock said that. Bro, do you even podcast?